What's up, guys? Welcome to Spawncast. This is our E3 edition um, of the Spawncast. I'm joined by actually quite a few people. You might notice we have actually a lot of guests on right now. So we'll just go down the line here. We have uh, the Dreamcast guy. How hello, are you hello. doing today, man? Uh, living the dream. Living the dream. Very good. Very good. I saw you uh, got that EA Play impressions out. So if anyone oh, yeah. hasn't seen it yet, go to his channel and check that out uh, later on. But we did a, he did a full rundown of the EA Play, which we'll be talking about here anyway. So I guess you'll get his impressions either way. So, oh, yeah. uh, but uh, let's get down there. And then, of course, always as always, Philip is here with us. How's it going, everyone? Thank you once again. It's very nice to be here. <laughs> and and Philip will actually be going to E3. So uh, I guess keep an eye on his channel for any... I, I assume you're going to do like video logs uh, or something. Man, like that. I wanted it to be a surprise, Spawnwave. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, yeah, that, that is kind of breaking news. Anyone there who follows me who's a subscriber, I am going to go to E3. So I'm going to uh, try and grab as much footage of whatever I can. So if there's something that you guys want to see in particular... I'm going to try and grab it. I'm going to take as many requests as I can. So it'll be fun. It's going to be crazy. It will, it will be. Yeah. I, yeah. I, look, I look forward to hopefully going next year. So I'll yeah. There. Um, how, how far away are you, by the way, from the convention center? Um, It's probably about an hour and a half, two hour drive. Yeah. That's not Traffic bad. isn't too bad. Yeah. yeah, but I'm definitely going to get a hotel. I just figured it'd probably be easier, you know, not having sure. to drive every day. Hopefully they, have good, <laughs> hopefully they have good internet there so you can upload some videos. Smart move, yeah. man. Yeah. Smart move. <laughs> Trust right. me, for someone who's been there, smart move. Yeah. And, uh, and then we, of course, have uh, Jesse from Game Over Jesse. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. As Good always, just happy to be here on with everybody. We haven't actually had you on since, I think, the was it the first episode? I believe so, yeah. It's been it's been a while, man, since we had you on, actually. Um, very good. And then, of course, we have OJ from Player Essence. How's it going, man? It's going good. Chilling with my homies here, Alm and Celica. So, yeah, happy to be here. They're also oh. happy to be here, too. <laughs> go. Very good, very good. So uh, I don't know if you guys heard, uh, E3 is starting up now. Uh, we're, we just got done with EA Play, which was an interesting conference. I know there's a couple different sides. Some people thought it was kind of boring. Some people were kind of excited about it. But I figure we can kind of go down and talk about really what, what we saw at EA Play, since that is technically the first E3 live presentation we have now that's under our belts and, and out there. Um, what were your guys' thoughts exactly on this thing? And you guys can kind of chime in however you want, whoever wants to go first. And talk. All right, uh, I, I think it was great for an EA conference. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you go in with the expectations. They usually have, uh, if you're a fan of sports games, it's going to be great. But if that's not what you're into, then there's not too much to look forward to. But the Star Wars Battlefront 2 and The Way Out, was that it? The, the prison game? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that, yeah. That looked really awesome. So, yeah. Um, Excited for those two, the career mode on the Madden game. Yeah, it's like, what is it? Kind yeah, of it's interesting. It's interesting because it looks like they're kind of doing the journey. Um, yeah. It's called Long Shot for Madden. So at least they're adding something to Madden, right? It's different. Mm -hmm. And technically, you can make, you can say, okay, this new Madden has a story mode, whereas the old one didn't. So at least they're trying something there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the last thing that I have thoughts on is just the new Need for Speed game to me, looked exactly like Rivals that they came out with. Uh, not the latest one, but the one before that. Mm -hmm. I was so, going to say it looked like Burnout almost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looked very Burnout to me. It looked like Burnout Light. Yeah, Burnout mixed with like Fast <laughs> and the Furious almost. Like they were they were like a chasing down a car that was like, you know, parked inside a, you know, a, 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 an 18 wheeler and they had, to, yeah. you know, it was it was it looked very much like Fast and the Furious. But then yeah. they kept doing those those weird camera angles where they would hit a car and then it would do that, you know, that slow motion. And it was cool, like the first 
or second time I saw it, but then every time he crashed the car, it did that. I feel like I'd want to turn that off, but that, that might have yeah. been just me. I, I also noticed, and I'm not going to talk, you guys can get back into it, but I also noticed like in that Need for Speed trailer or whatever the gameplay, they busted out of the back of the 18-wheeler. There was like no damage on the front of the car. I, I noticed that, that, yeah. <laughs> when that first one, I was just like, I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, because the Mustang like drove straight into the back of the thing and then it you know, peels out like nothing's wrong. I guess okay. we were watching a pre-alpha build though, right? It did yeah. not like little things. So maybe the final version will see better like damage. Well, no, what? I think what he's trying to say is it, it shouldn't be drivable at all. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, they busted on the back of the AT wheel. It was it was perfect, and then and like the explosion, it just came out unscathed. I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, these, like, are, these are magic cars. It's like <laughs> this is magic cars. We're good. I don't know. It it's, a video seemed... game. it's a video game. Whatever you know. So yeah. Yeah. it also seemed interesting that on the crashes, there's actually fire now instead of just damage everywhere. Sure. Or the sparks, because remember they used to always have that thing where like there'd be a uh, a crash and it would zoom in, uh, both in burnout and need for speed would zoom in and just be sparks. It's kind of cool that they're trying to add more fire effects. So it's it's subtle, but I think cool. Yeah. Um, I guess the main thing that really blew me away, like uh, Battlefront was cool, but holy crap, we the the way out or what is it? Yeah, the way out. That what a surprise! Holy hell! Like I love co-op games, and for them to straight up be like, look, this is a game you only play co-op it is about the journey together like holy crap that was a stunner yeah, yeah i don't know game, where i don't know where that came from that yeah. game looks amazing that was the most appealing and interesting game of the entire you know ea conference so mm -hmm. far for me um and it looks like it's built for the switch right like doesn't that look <laughs> like it it could be like the perfect switch experience because it's built off of a foundation of just pure co-op go uh, gameplay yeah. Right. Yeah, the only, well, the only thing I, I have an issue with um, is they would probably try to push, obviously, a single Joy-Con, which makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't really know how you would move the camera, for example, easily with the yeah. single stick. Well, That's my only concern. Well, and my thing is, is you really couldn't do it in handheld mode because I was watching it real close. I, I watched that footage several times over because I was so interested in it. And there was a lot of times where people were supposed to be doing subtle hand gestures to other prisoners and stashing things and trying to trick guards. And it's like if you were doing that in handheld mode, like on the go, you would <laughs> not know what was going on at all. You would just be like, I think I'm either about to die or I'm about to escape. 50-50. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the game... I'm not, I'm not really sure on this, but from what I could tell, even if you're playing online multiplayer, you're still going to see yeah. your partner's uh, mm -hmm. screen. Well, yeah. I, and I was, I was watching real close, and I noticed that something they didn't say, but I noticed it is whoever is handling the more important job at the time, they actually get more of the screen. So, like, the divider shifts back and forth. So if you're, like, going in to strangle a cop or if you're the person who's holding up somebody during, like, an escape, it actually, like, zooms in on your side while the other person does the more subtle thing. It's, it's such a small touch, but I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and yeah. The, the presenter, whoever the... I guess the director of the game, yeah. the guy that made it, was very passionate about it. I don't know if yeah. that was scripted or not, oh, but whatever. So, like, I've seen interviews with that guy before. Sorry to cut you off there. And somebody tweeted, I thought it was the perfect thing. They said, like, I want to play this game co op with that guy. I want him to just be <laughs> over my shoulder, being like, stab that guy. You, 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 I think that game, depending on who you're playing with and like the interaction, that's going to make maybe make the game better or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Depending Play with if, if you play with someone who's a bum, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't you know? It's not, not going to be fun at all. But I mean, but if you play with someone who's excited, wants to play, and that's my problem. I have no friends, so that's the reason. That's the problem that oh. I have <laughs> with, with this game. It's like I don't know who I'm going to play with. My daughter's not going to cut it. <laughs> no one I let her play it. Play maybe they'll add again. like matchmaking to it. But 
Well, yeah, yeah, I know there's online. I know, but nobody likes me online either. So that, that's, the, that's the problem that I have. So I don't know. But the game does look amazing, though. I will agree. The game looks amazing. You know what was really cool was when I was seeing this, I, I kind of – when someone's sitting in a cutscene, you're still – the other person can move around while yeah. the other person's in the cutscene, which was interesting because he looked over and could view the cutscene from, like, a different angle kind of. Uh -huh. And I thought that was one of the coolest things. Well, it also showed that each of the players actually solved puzzles in particular ways. It showed, like, one guy bribing a guard to get into the laundromat, and the other dude just straight up punches a guard in the face and shoves him into a laundromat bin. It's like I'm, – I'm curious – how scripted those will be of like this is the one solution for this character and this is the solution for this character but stuff like that i don't know i'm i'm hoping we see more of that in in the coming days yeah i mean it, it that's that i i honestly I, I like battlefront too but that was i think one of the biggest highlights of that entire show was that game oh yeah you know i mean that, that was and it was done by what i guess was an indie developer uh, a little while ago and uh, apparently they funded them so that's that's really cool yeah, it was um, definitely a step up from the last games, the Tale of Two Brothers, or what was it called? Brothers, the Tale of Two Sons. Tale of Two Sons, yeah. yeah. Was there um was there anything you guys wanted to talk about with like Madden, for example, or uh, uh I guess NBA Live? Um, oh, well, OG, I know you're a basketball fan. Do you um do you play a lot of the the basketball uh, sports games like 2K or? No, no, I, I I used to. The last one that I got was uh, like NBA 2K11, just because Michael Jordan was on the cover. I'll be honest, that's the only reason why. <laughs> the only reason why I bought it. Um, and I and it's uh, really technical. Those games, like the 2K, like they're really technical. They're really um in depth. They're really good though. Like if you if you like the style of the games, but NBA Live has not been good. That's it's had, the a, one it's thing had a very checkered past, hasn't it? Yes, it has a very, it, it, it was here. It used to be okay back in the day, you know, like PS2, all that. Oh, even back to Super Nintendo. So like back in the day, it was it was great. I played on the Super Nintendo, I uh, played on the PS2, it was good. But then once the PS3 and 360 era came around, that's when things got a little weird. It went away for a while, and then it came back on like the Xbox One, and it was horrible. Like Xbox yeah. One and PS3, it was just bad. It was it was so bad, and yeah, um, the one year because of that, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, one year you got completely. I think 2011 or something like that. They had it out, and then they're just like, "This is just we we can't yeah. bring this out." Like, if there was like a famous video, there's like a they call it like Jesus Bynum or something like that. Andrew Bynum, he was just like in the middle of the court with his hands spread out, just like that. And just like, <laughs> it was just like a glitch, and everyone was just like, "What is this?" You know. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, ever since then, I've not been a fan of EA, uh, the NBA Live. I, I bought, like, the last one I bought was, like, 2005. I think we like, my little Anthony on the cover. But we'll see what happens. I mean, the graphics look great, right? <laughs> with, with the, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't trust EA with NBA Live anymore, to be honest. They've actually lost any type of support that I would get if I was going to buy another basketball game. Like, you know, I, I would probably just buy 2K, to be honest. And then they, they briefly talked about FIFA, not not heavily, but they did talk about it some. Um, they did talk about how the story is pretty much going to continue for Alex Hunter going forward. And they didn't talk – this is weird. They didn't talk about the Switch version, but they put out a press release for it. Did you guys see the press release that came out for it? I did. Nope. Yeah. Okay. okay. It, it, um, it looks like it's going to be the same game minus the Frostbite engine and minus uh, the Journey. Everything else looks to be the same, though, as, like, say, like an older FIFA, but it still has all the newer stuff. Like, it has uh, Ultimate Team, basically everything except for those two things I just said. Um, and then there was one screenshot that we got released by, I think it was US Gamer, where they took a picture of it off, like it wasn't it was direct feed or anything, but it looks like FIFA, like you would imagine. So it actually looks like it's going to be a, a game, a good game overall. So it's I like that, you know, even though it's not going to be on par with the, you know, PS4 and the Xbox One versions, we're still getting basically a very 
great built console edition like in a handheld mode on the switch you know what i mean and that's something that we've never really had before because it's always been watered down when we've had handheld experiences of like a game like fifa before so having it on the switch now you know it might not be um we might be missing a couple modes we it might not be running in frostbite might not look as pretty but you're still getting a console quality experience on the go which i think is the whole point of the switch you know and, and for me at least having that um is much more important than I guess, you know, having it run in 4K graphics right now. Well, you bring up a great point, actually, Philip, which is it really gets my noodle thinking now about the idea that we may see a lot more of this going forward. Because I know a lot of big companies right now are afraid of, like, air quotes, downgrading something for the Switch. But if they see someone doing it so easily of literally, yeah, we're developing both at once. This just uses a super powerful graphics engine and this uses a little bit more outdated graphics engine, but they play identically. Then more people are going to think, like, okay, make a separate team of 12 people to port it to the Switch during development. Like, man, we, that means going forward, we could get a lot more Switch support, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's definitely a market for that. I think that there are a lot of people out there who would take the portability factor minus a few modes yeah. and the sort of full-fledged console, I guess, you know, epic experience that you would get on Xbox. But um, yeah, for me, that's just something that I value more. So, and I think that that's the biggest obvious appeal of the Switch itself, so. Well, that's the good thing. If you have, you know, more than one console, you can pretty much pick what you want. Do you want the portability or do you want like 4K? You know, you can decide. So, um, and I was a little confused though on, see, I knew they brought, I knew they were bringing FIFA over. I'm, I'm a little surprised that there's nothing about Madden, but then we see that Madden is moving to Frostbite as well. And I, I just think EA is, is still working on getting Frostbite on the Switch. And that's just why we really only have FIFA right now because they were able to use uh, the Ignite engine on the Switch. Um, and then maybe next year when they get Frostbite completely done, we'll see the next Maddens and the next, you know, Frostbite FIFA and everything on there. So that would be that would be my guess there. Definitely a possibility. I mean, we, we know that um, developers really just got their kits, I think Western developers, about summer or a little bit later yeah, after summer yeah. last year. It's not a lot of time to... Uh, no, uh, to there was... Uh, did you guys see the report for Mass Effect where uh, Kotaku um, did I some did. background? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Did. That was yeah. so crazy. <laughs> but did you My see the problem? <laughs> they tried to get Frostbite working in a year and a half, and we... Yeah. You know, we're expecting them to get Frostbite working on the Switch in less than a year. <laughs> did, did you see my flurry of tweets and my flurry of ma passionate Mass Effect, um, I guess, outrage over that article? <laughs> like, hey guys, I'm going to just let you guys know. I don't You guys can just – I'll stop myself after this, but I'm a huge, huge, huge Mass Effect fan. Like, huge. Mass Effect 2 is, like, one of top two games of all time. I love Mass Effect 2. I think it's the greatest thing well, – almost the greatest thing ever. Um, and that article just kind of shows kind of like where some of EA is at at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like what those developers were subjected to. If all of that is true, that is absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous as far as that game goes. But if they did build the most of that game in 18 months, they've got yeah. some talent, some talent there. If that's the case, you know? The craziest thing about that article to me was reading about like how they just kept having to change their plans and start being like, we want hundreds of worlds. And then like three months later, they're like, we're going to go for 30 very explorable worlds. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, they're like seven extremely seven. explorable <laughs> worlds. It's, like, it's so sad. Man. It's like infinite to 30 to seven. To, let's just get this game out, please. It's, like, it's going to be a play out. Hit launch. We're about to get fucked. Just hit launch. <laughs> I think, well, I think that's the scariest thing is is we watch a multi you know million dollar 
corporation just like operate this game that's supposed to bring in millions of dollars like you know a chicken with their head cut off like just completely yeah. moving people in and out of of what really is like authoritative positions on how the game should be done and you know it seemed like every other month or something they were talking about where they were getting a new boss you know someone was getting a new mm-hmm. boss every couple of months and yeah. that's uh that's telling i mean we see a lot of reports on Glassdoor, but that right there seems like it pretty much corroborates a lot of those reports they need a stronger leadership like they there's there's that's what happens when you don't have strong leadership when you don't have like a like a edgy anuma or something like that or miyamoto making sure that like you know you put your foot down as far as what you need to do and that's what ea really needs to invest into when it comes to the next um you know uh mass effect game get someone who's a strong leader that's not going to put up with this get a vision go with it you know what i'm saying and and be be firm on what what the next game is going to be because, like I said, if that report was true, there is all sorts of people just like it's like they're just talking like, yeah. like oh, let's have this, let's have this, let's have this. It's like come on, uh, settle on something. You guys come together and make a game, you know. A huge thing that also screwed that is the fact that anybody could basically join the Mass Effect Andromeda team. Like they they very much were very open about like we want this to be built by fans and by the most passionate employees, and so people were flooding in left, right, and center of like, I built a tree once in Need for Speed 6. Okay, you're now the <laughs> So because you ended up with a game that had a lot of talent in it, but everybody's talent was this way and this way, and it just it turned out sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, a lot of, te- like I said, a lot of, te- if they built that game in 18 months from what Mass Effect Andromeda is, that's, that's impressive. And they, they talked about how, like, you know, that they were just surprised, like the game wasn't just falling apart or every time it was falling apart, like in the, in the time that you would take for QA testing, like they weren't like fixing the bugs. They were just making sure it didn't completely self-destruct, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Is, so it, the- is it currently on fire? No? Okay, launch. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, if you read the report, pretty much. That is, and EA hasn't responded, Um, and Bioware, they haven't responded, they haven't said anything. So that makes me believe that it's yeah. true. And like almost all of it is true, if not everything is true from what, you know, Kotaku reported, which is interesting, which is, I guess it's cool because you say, okay, wait, there's some talent there, but at the same time, it's like, man, they really messed up funds that we gave them from us buying all the Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 and the, the, the collection. So, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's good and it's bad, but it's they mainly They probably bad. want people to forget about it completely at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably do. They just want people to forget about it and he's not going to say nothing. So let's uh let's let's before we get too much into all these conferences, let's talk about something that popped up, which is uh the revival, I guess, of Atari at this point. Um, I, I we talked about this before. Everyone at least saw the teaser and everything. Um, so do we think that Atari really is coming back? Wait, Spawn, can you talk about first so people know because there's still a lot of people who don't know, and I know you have a little bit more information. So yeah. can you talk about that first as sure. far as Absolutely. the console? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So so what happened was randomly. Um, I don't know if it was, I guess it was two days ago or yesterday. This really popped up in the morning. A website went live called AtariBox.com. And on that, it has a 21-second teaser that shows off what appears to be a rendering of a a, a new Atari system that still has like a wood grain panel on it. But then you look at kind of the front, it kind of brushes by, you see USB ports on the front. And it seems to imply that there is a new Atari system of some kind. Of course, we all think, okay, this is probably... You can play. It's like a new flashback that doesn't suck, right? You know, it's one that uh, that has HDMI out. The controllers aren't terrible. It's more of a premium product, maybe like that. Maybe it's like you know, eighty dollars for an Atari flashback, ninety bucks. But then on Atari Age, which if you don't go to Atari Age much, it's one of those few forums on the internet where it seems to be run and uh, and handled by more like mature people. I think it's because maybe it's Atari, so you you have like an older crowd there, kind of. 
And uh, so a lot of stuff that happens on Atari Age is pretty, uh, it's pretty legitimate. It's pretty straightforward. People don't usually like, like if you go to, you guys know, if you go to like a normal, I don't want to, uh, we'll just say NeoGAF, for example, um, a lot of times you get people just fighting randomly on there, right? I mean, people will, you know, attack each other over things that they don't actually know about them in real life. I mean, you guys see it all the time, I assume, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Atari Age is very different. Um, it's more logical. Anyway, there's somebody on there um, who is basically corroborating it that it is a new console. It's not like a flashback. And the way they know that is they were a part of a preview or a focus group leading up to this. So it does not appear to be a, they said it has nothing to do with legacy hardware or games. It is like a new console from Atari. And it's kind of blowing my mind, but I figure why don't you guys uh, let me know what you think about this? Cause this seems like the weirdest thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, for If you all don't mind for me to go first. Yeah. Yeah. Hit it. All right. Yeah, uh, all right. Um, not too much to say on it, just that it reminds me of more of an Ouya to where it's not going to be directly competing with the Xbox One, the PS4, obviously, the Switch. I think it'll be more of a way to connect and just get certain indie games that don't require a lot of horsepower to actually run. But on top of that, you also get the huge collection of downloadable classic Atari games. And... That's basically what I see it as. So, I I don't think this thing's going to exist. I think it's going to be vaporware. I've just seen so many of these retro consoles try and come back. Like, of course, the Coleco Chameleon comes to mind. And if you've never heard of that, <laughs> it was basically people managed to secure the rights to the name Coleco, like the old ColecoVision console. Nothing ever came of it. They had a Kickstarter. I think they got like $100,000 or something ridiculous. Literally nothing. Like the prototype was basically a capture card hot glued into an empty... That was uh, really bad. Case. That was yeah. really bad. And I don't... I If the Atari box ever exists, I will officially make a video like crying and apologizing, begging for forgiveness. Because I don't think that this thing is ever... There, there's probably not going to be a prototype. Okay. Yeah, but the, the, I mean, the, I guess the one difference here is they haven't asked for money yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if they do ask for money. What do you What are you thinking over there, Philip? Yeah, I haven't seen too much on it myself, but I mean, if it if it is what it sounds like, you guys are saying it is like it's Ouya based or like sounds like an Ouya ish type console, um, where it's like dealing with software digitally and we're playing a lot of retro games. It just seems like Atari is trying to um, ride that sort of retro console comeback hype and i don't i feel like even though yeah there's they are a powerhouse or they were a powerhouse back in the day i don't think that they have that nostalgia factor that a company like let's say nintendo or even sega or sega has with uh -huh. their nostalgic characters they don't have those classic sort of um characters with story arcs that we all really really fell in love with i guess right, right. so um, i just don't see interesting it being too successful the chat are pointing this out i atari and bandai namco are like combined somehow right am i thinking that correctly uh, I think they own it. I'm not. Well, yeah, yes. I'm trying to think. Atari got bought like three times at yeah. the end of the Xbox, and I don't know who owns it now. So this is this. That's why this is still really confusing because we don't know if it's really Atari doing this or somebody is like licensing Atari's name to use it for a console. There's so many yeah. questions here. So because let's say it is Bandai Namco and Atari kind of doing this, and I mean Bandai Namco has some games that they could put out for it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't tech see Bandai Namco getting into the, the console. Yeah, it's well, so weird. Yeah, come on, what are they going to tech in 2600? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny, actually. 
into it. This is my um, one yeah. button combo. I'm playing as Harong. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't. I, it was interesting because I had one of my um, uh, one of my moderators uh, send me this, and as far as you know, what what you said about it too, Spawn, and I I didn't really know what to think. Um, you know, I, I watched it and I was like, okay. You know, I didn't I didn't know what to think. But if they did come back, I always say that that's good. Um, like to this day, like if Sega ever really wanted to come back, wouldn't you guys all be excited for like a Sega? Um, a Dreamcast too, yes. Yeah, like I, would. Every, I would. Everyone would be ex exactly Dreamcast guy. You're you're, you're <laughs> nice. So I mean, everyone would. But does and like Phil was saying, does Atari have that same mystique, that same pull? Hell no. Like they just they just don't. Not anymore. I mean, maybe if they tried this a while ago or something like that. I don't know. But like twenty years point, ago. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, no. They just don't have that appeal to what gamers are looking at now. So I'm thinking it's going to be more of like a potentially like somewhere around like yeah maybe a little bit better than that you know maybe they get some more of the modern games and i think that they can probably carve out like a niche market for themselves just on its low cost you know um, and they can do something like that that'd be fine but yeah i don't see them you know making a console just to compete with you know, everyone else whereas like if sega really wanted to come back they could find some investors and they could possibly get people to come back with a real console that's somewhere you know i don't know Teraflop range spawns probably better that than me, but like someone that's a powerful enough Teraflops to compete with today, and I think it would do okay, but not 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 Atari. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Atari's interesting. I they would probably get uh, the older buyers, I guess, to buy in, but then they'd realize that it's not like Centipede or Pitfall or anything, and then they probably wouldn't <laughs> want it anymore. But I mean, who knows? Maybe they try to do like it looked like they tried to kind of revamp their logo a little bit with it, kind of like lighting up and everything. I I don't know. It's it's weird. Um, it's hard to say. I was hoping they would show it at E3 or at least talk about it, but I don't even know if Atari's there. I, I, I looked around. I don't, I don't see him anywhere there. So <laughs> it'd be weird. I, I they're, in, I, I, they're in a corner with a card table, being like, "Let me show you an illusion." I feel like I, I, I think I picture Atari more trying to show it off in like the parking lot, like your back pickup truck. Check out my trunk. I got something magical in it. That's what Luya did. Yeah, right. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> from E3 a couple they years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also saw, okay, so this is weird because in the same week, Bubsy got announced. Oh. <laughs> what Which could is possibly go wrong? I'm sorry. The, the weirdest <laughs> thing, right? How do we go? How does So we're talking about Bubsy. We're talking about a Shaq Fu game coming out. And we're talking about Atari possibly making a console. Like, are we back like in like the retro days or something right now? Yeah, this interesting, interesting time to be alive. <laughs> the Bubsy, the Bubsy one is so weird. Did, I don't know if you saw this, but the Sonic and Mega Man oh, Twitters yeah. were trolling it, being like, "Bubsy, is is this a hostage situation? Blink if you need help." It's like, oh god, yeah, it that was, was actually, great. That was great. That was great. The, the 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 conversations between the Mega Man, the official Mega Man Twitter, yeah, the the Sonic Twitter. That that was actually really awesome. Um, it's made by Black Forest Games, though, so I mean, it has the potential to be okay. Gianna Sisters. Not sure if any of you guys played the game. I played it. It's okay. It's a decent yeah. 2D platform. It's well, not anything special, but it's okay. You know, they, so. Well, they made the right choice right away by not making it 3D. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so 2D is at least a plat like those kind of platformers are a little easier to make nowadays than maybe even they used to be. So it really, if they stick, stick to it, make it simple, don't make it expensive, it, it could actually sell, yeah. 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 I guess it actually does. People want it on the Switch, too, so... Yeah. The, yeah, I want to say that the art style for the game actually does look interesting. Uh, whether or not the gameplay will be is up for debate, but I'm a fan of the just the way that it looks. So. Sure, sure. Um, okay, so we got a lot of that out of the way. We can we can kind of move on to some of the conferences now. 
Yeah. We do have the next one up is Microsoft. That is uh, 1.30 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow or, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's, uh, that's 2 or 5. So 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern. And there's a lot of stuff to see at Microsoft, specifically the new console with Scorpio. We need to know pricing. And apparently we're going to see BioWare's new IP there tomorrow, playing mm-hmm. what I assume to be on a Scorpio or a PC that they pretend is a Scorpio, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, uh, Max, you said that's like, that's something you're really excited for is this BioWare IP. Uh, yes, extremely cool. It, it's just one of those things. I'm a big Bioware fan. I like a lot of the stuff Bioware works on. I would have a copy of KOTOR sitting next to me as a cup, co- coaster because I'm such a sinful bastard. But <laughs> it's interesting just looking at that little, like, basically 13 seconds teaser. We see, like, mech suits, and it's really showing a big infamous on uh, emphasis on us putting on the mech suit and this maybe torn up futuristic world where we've already lost because we saw these torn down walls. But even with the 13 second teaser aside, it felt very important that EA came on their stage and took time out of their own conference to be like, you guys want to see some messed up stuff? Tune in tomorrow. And it's like, yes, I do. Show me. So I, I don't know. This seems like it may be a very big deal. And I'm very excited. It's, it's interesting. They're picking Microsoft stage to really show the gameplay. I, that to me, says that either Microsoft bought that the rights to at least show it at their conference, or maybe there's like how we see PlayStation funding a lot of marketing for games right now. And we're trying to figure out what's, what is Microsoft doing? Are they going to fund anything? Maybe they're funding the marketing for this game. Just as an aside, do y'all remember, it's one of my favorite like political moves of any companies ever is uh, PlayStation bought the exclusive rights to Destiny, so they weren't allowed to put like the Xbox logo anywhere on it except for like on the box saying also for Xbox. So as a way to get revenge, Xbox bought out an ad for a perfume called, would you like to smell like Destiny? It's a great thing that we can't talk about. And it was like winky. It's like, I oh, remember that. that. Yeah, that was so that. good. Yeah, 2014. <laughs> Yeah. It worked out for Sony too. That game sold a lot, a lot of it PlayStation did. consoles, <laughs> yeah, a lot oh, yeah. of bundles. So it worked out. People believed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot uh, of people were actually like not even sure if that was an Xbox game. Like I oh, knew, yeah. thought it was only for PlayStation. You know, like oh, Destiny mm-hmm. PS4 exclusive. Yeah, I, I heard people say that in droves. People literally being like unaware of like what, but it, I've never seen an X next to it. What? It's not Destiny. <laughs> Sony, Sony knows how stupid some people are, so I mean, <laughs> they're gonna know. Like that's why they did that. They're they're gonna they're gonna do stuff like that. So. Oh man, it, I mean, okay. So Microsoft's conference, um, we'll see some third party stuff there, I assume, and then there's there's this interesting interesting rumor going around right now that. Microsoft has secured an exclusive. Have you guys seen this from Square Enix? What? Yeah, isn't that crazy? There's this rumor. It's kind of making the rounds right now that uh, Square it has made a, uh, a, a an exclusive. It's going to be for Microsoft's console and Windows. And that's Whoa. about all we know right now. Hmm. It's just so, interesting. So Square Enix would be... You said, is it an IP from Square Enix? Or Square Enix will be developing an IP for them? It's an, it's an IP that Square Enix is developing for Microsoft. Oh, okay. So it's not using one of Square Enix's IPs. That's going to be exclusive. No, it's going to be a whole new one, apparently. But it's oh. going to be exclusive for Microsoft, uh, their Windows, and, well, Windows 10 is still is technically on the Xbox. But yeah, it's going to be Xbox and Windows. Okay. Um, that's the rumor right now. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that one because, I mean, it sounds good. It sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it would basically save Microsoft if they're going to get an exclusive uh, from Square for the Scorpio. But at the same time, we've heard Square come out and say that, you know, when asked about the Scorpio, they said that, you know, 
they were more interested in developing on like the switch for instance than something like that so oh yeah unless That's something true. like that you know unless this is totally like on the well, down low like people, really people are saying people are saying possibly lost odyssey 2 for example it, that's that's not owned by Square and Microsoft no. owns that IP. Well, maybe Microsoft. Microsoft would be like, "Hey, can you maybe maybe instead oh, yeah. of it being a new IP, maybe they're like, hey, can you come in here? You guys know how to do RPGs. Can you just kind of build this for us?'" <laughs> yeah. real, okay, and and that would be great, but that's really disrespectful to Hironobu Sakaguchi if they did do that, because you know Sakaguchi that lost Odyssey. We're talking about this game. Hir Hironobu Sakaguchi <laughs> made, made this game and. He's he used to work. He used to be the vice president over at Square Enix. And if they were to say, "Oh, well, we're not going to go through Miss Walker and his team. We're going to go to Square Enix for you to work on this game that he made." That's essentially Final Fantasy. That's what Lost Odyssey is. It's Final right. Fantasy, but like is his next version of Final Fantasy. You know, everyone was saying this is the real Final Fantasy thirteen, not the thirteen that came out. You know, back yeah. when this game came out. Um, that would be really, really disrespectful. Like that would be like a slap in the face to Sakaguchi if if Microsoft did do that. That's just the game people are throwing around because people are just okay. trying to figure it out. Because if it's a if it's a new IP, we're not going to figure out what it is until they tell us. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would hope that was. A, I, I want this to happen. Like, if that's true, that's great. I would just hope that it's not lost. <laughs> like, they don't do like that scenario that you. Just, well, that, I mean, it kind of falls in line with when Phil Spencer like flew like across the globe to Japan and talked to developers there. Um, mm -hmm. Do you guys remember that going around for a while, where there's like, oh, Phil Spencer got on a plane, flew over there himself to talk to developers mm -hmm. in. In Japan that could kind of fall in line maybe he you know maybe he uh, shook some hands and you know played the political game and got someone on board it's hard to say though well and, mm. and let's remember in in uh, early 2015 one of the biggest shakeups that was really interesting is Square actually when they were really hurting for money managed to scrounge up enough like assets that they bought a bunch of smaller studios like RPG factory like companies that they've said specifically these are smaller companies that are made to produce a product every 16 months. We get like I Am Setsuna, and now we're getting the the uh, Lost Fear. This could be another smaller project that's just supposed to be a little like thing that they produce for cheap. And if especially if their rent is being paid by Xbox, I can fully believe that a small turn-based RPG with like an isometric view could be totally made Scorpio exclusive for cheap. Really? Like it would be a, Scor a Scorpio exclusive? Or sorry, no, Miss said no, but uh, a Microsoft and PC like sorry, yeah, oh, okay, uh, okay. Other, yeah, a, a very uh, Microsoft exclusive stuff like that is is very believable to me. But no way is it going to be like Final Fantasy seven point two HD remix remastered Birth by Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of um, what Microsoft did with Tomb Raider, which is also mm -hmm. uh, developed by one of Square's teams. Mm -hmm where they got a timed exclusive with it for a long time. Everyone thought it was just an exclusive for Microsoft. And then the next year or later on, it came out for PlayStation four. And this seems like the next step from that, instead of going to square and getting a timed exclusive, they did this or well, they did tomb Raider so they could compete with the upcoming uncharted four. But now, um, with that in mind, if they did this as a way to compete with one of PlayStation's upcoming games, which one do you think would be coming out that Microsoft would want to compete with? Because they said that was pretty much the whole reason that they went after Tomb Raider was so it could compete with PlayStation 4's biggest game whenever it released. So are there any upcoming 
PS4 games that you could think of that Microsoft would want to compete with that they couldn't with one of their own games? I guess the only thing that really Days Gone, God of War, like Sony's yeah. in a weird Sony's in a weird place right now where they don't really have anything giant on the table. Like that's what a lot of people are saying right now. It's like this E3, they're either going to announce a lot of stuff or it's going to be a 45-minute demo of someone playing God of War for us because right now the the cabal of Sony IPs is looking a little light. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about Sony uh, actually next. I think um, we'll talk about their conference next. But uh, what do you what do you guys? So Microsoft, we we think they they know they have Bioware showing up there. They're going to talk about Scorpio, but I guess we can get your guys' thoughts now. What is the price for Scorpio? Five hundred. That's what I have to say too. Five hundred. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was going for because the PS3 released at six hundred. I don't think they would want to make the mistake that Sony did whenever the PlayStation 3 first launched. The Xbox One, when it originally launched, you could only buy the five hundred dollar version before it came down to four hundred. And I think where they've already gotten people used to the five hundred dollar price tag with the Xbox One when it first launched, I don't think they'll have any problem getting people to go back for the next console at that exact same price. Okay. Yeah, because um, there was there again <laughs> another rumor, because even Pactor said this. Michael Pactor, which you know what, that probably means it's not going to be true. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three ninety nine is what everyone, including Pactor, is saying. I have a hard time believing believing that with the hardware that they have in there that it would be that price. That that seems really, really tough. You know, it, it would be, but maybe maybe Microsoft is willing to take that chance <laughs> and lose lose that money, whatever, however much it is. Maybe they're willing to do that in order to try to, because this is, this is almost like a fresh relaunch, right? They didn't talk about anything for the first half of the year. They're just like, no. skip it, we're done. We're not gonna talk about anything. They knew they were gonna get beat in sales from uh-huh. Switch and PlayStation 4. So they didn't talk about anything. So they're saving everything for this. So this almost seems like a relaunch of hardware for them, almost like a next generation for them. Although Whoa. it's not completely, but it all almost seems like it. So maybe they take the hit. Maybe they take the hit and absorb it and just be like, all right, what's good. They've stopped reporting on sales of console number sales. They stopped reporting on, um, I know they go over profits here and there, but Microsoft, let's just be honest here. They're backed by a multi, multi, multi billion dollar company. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter, you know? So maybe they take the hit. Maybe it's $3.99 and they take the hit. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of with you on that one, Spawn, as far as it being uh, maybe, you know, $4.99, you know, or something like yeah. that. So. What, were, what were we saying, Philip? You're trying to jump in there. No, I was going to say, like, I'm, I've am i heard some rumors about, a, a like, a, a lower price floating around for Scorpio. And, honestly, like, we've heard of Microsoft and other console makers, like Sony, of course, um, taking, like, a pretty significant hit on you know their consoles especially when they're new to the market so i wouldn't be surprised if we were seeing a microsoft that was willing to lose essentially like maybe 50 or 60 or even 80 bucks or something like that on every xbox Mm -hmm. if it's going to compete better with the ps4 pro because right now they're fighting to survive you know what i mean like they really are so they have to go full guns for this if they come to e3 and they show us a 500 dollars xbox that's just like a little bit faster and like can do 4k better you know what i mean with no good games on it and you can play like third great third party games on it then why wouldn't i just buy the cheaper ps4 pro that could essentially do all those same things and just make mm-hmm. with my ps4 pro so i think that they need to go in hard they need to be like this thing is powerful it's the same price as a ps4 pro and here's like two games you guys never heard of go buy it and i think <laughs> do you think, think we all would do you think to justify if it is $500 or even more at 550 or 600 do you think they would add in something like the Xbox One Elite 
controller, but it would be like the Scorpio Elite controller with the larger hard drive to kind of justify getting the Xbox Scorpio. Like instead of a normal controller and a one terabyte hard drive, maybe it has a two terabyte hard drive, a normal controller, and a packed in Elite controller, or just an Elite controller by itself. That, mm. that jumps the price. That jumps the price up. So it I, mean, does, I, don't, I don't know if I'm gonna do, if they're gonna do that. But. Well, no, but that is a good. Jesse does bring up a good point, which is that Microsoft has really talked a lot lately about like uh, catering to the luxury gamer, which is like a weird demographic nobody really talks about. But there are rich dudes who just want the fanciest Xbox, just seething and slightly glowing in the corner. So if you mm-hmm. did have a package that was six hundred dollars and had like a pro controller with nine paddles and like literally a canoe, people would buy it. That is a weird uh, thought, but if it's 600, I, I fully believe it would have that. But yeah, Paul, I actually have a question for y'all, which is, it's just like a, a feather in your cap to think about how many of you, or do you think, how many, how many people do you think are going to buy an Xbox Scorpio? If it really does become the definitive best way to play console games, if it produces the best graphics for all uh, cross platforms, do you think that'll really help it at all? I feel it. I feel. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. Sorry about that. Uh, I was going to say that if if we take a look at the PS4 Pro, which isn't even marketed as the next step of console, I think uh, Sony or PlayStation released a statement saying one in five PS4s that have sold are PS4 Pros. Is either one in four or one of five. Jesus. And with that being, you know, the four hundred dollar option when you can get a packed in game and a PS4 Slim for two fifty and even like a cheaper older PS4 for maybe 200 used online or cheaper than mm-hmm. that. That many people have gone out and bought a PS4 Pro when it's just a slight upgrade. So with the Xbox One coming out and saying, hey, this is our new console, this is the most powerful console, I think you're going to intrigue all of those people that may have already had a PS4 and upgraded or upgraded to the Xbox One S just because it had HDR or something similar to that. I think it's going to get all of those people. And maybe even some people who are PC enthusiasts that want like 4K graphics with everything. It'll be an alternative to their PC to where they're getting PC-like specs, but without the hassle of updating drivers, making sure everything's running properly, which graphic card runs best with which games. You don't have to worry about that. Just put the game in and play. Yeah. Put the game in, download the game from online, and then then play. That's what you do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting... I don't know. I, I like the thought of that, and I feel like that's something that's often overlooked, is that there are console graphic whores. Like, that's something that... I don't. I, it never crosses my mind, because I'm just not a super console... I'm not a huge graphics person, but there is people out there who are obsessed about graphics, but don't want to learn about graphics cards, and a mm-hmm. Scorpio is definitely going to be something they have to have in their home, despite the price tag. I think it'll do well, to be honest. I don't think it's going to do, like, amazingly well, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think there will definitely it'll have its market for people who want just yeah the best graphics, the best third party, you know, running games and 4K. 4K is becoming more and more uh, common, right? Like mm-hmm. I have a, I think this TV that I bought is right right here. It's like uh, five hundred dollars for 4K, you know, fifty five inch. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot cheaper for 4K now. And people are getting it into their homes, and I think Microsoft is going to do okay. I still don't think they're going to be PlayStation 4. I think the original PlayStation 4 is still going to. You know, do the do the the best, but that's okay. They don't have to beat Sony, right? It can just they can just be another option for gamers that makes things better. So they don't I mean, have to. Do you, do you guys think that Microsoft has pretty much forfeited Japan completely at this point? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. I, I wasn't even going to talk about because I didn't even think it was going to be like an like 
like a, a thing. Like, yeah, they, they've done in Japan. They're not, okay. they don't. I, I mean, the, the, Wii, the Wii U's outselling them right now. Well, I looked it up. I looked up their sales for a video last week, and they sold a hundred and eleven, hundred and eleven uh, Xbox Ones, and in that same seven day period, they sold twenty seven thousand Nintendo Switches. It's yep. just like like this race is over. And one hundred and thirty eight Wii U's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I'm not um, even kidding. <laughs> I was actually wondering if you guys think that the official reveal of the Xbox Scorpio, whatever its actual name is going to be, will cause another price drop for the xbox one or even the 360 if they're still like stores are still carrying new 360s xbox i think the xbox one will probably drop to 199 really whoa i think they'll get it down that far probably at holiday season i I can already find one for 250 if they do damn like that's gonna change the whole battlefield it was 200 this past holiday season it it was but if we're talking a more a more permanent step down on Mm. price damn then that'll seriously because I think there are a lot of people like I, so many of my friends aren't gamers, but they're uh, like people who are very interested in like what I do and they want to try and play games. But they're always like something about 250 seems this like giant mountain, but 200. Well, that's just right here, you know. Yeah. And are those the same people that have like like iPhones that they spent like six hundred dollars on or something <laughs> like that, or like phones? Yeah, you know, they yeah, spent like so for much cat videos. That that's not an expense. That's a luxury. A, a cat video luxury. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll say this like if that if it does go down in price, uh, the Xbox One that'll definitely be good, right? So everyone can get an Xbox One for cheaper. Maybe it causes, but I think it's really dependent on how much the system is. So if it comes out, if it's a three ninety nine. Will the Xbox One price drop? Like the original Xbox One S? There might not be a price drop if, if it's three ninety nine. You know, so we'll, we'll see. Sure. Yeah, they, 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 I don't think they want to drop the price of the Xbox One far enough to where it looks like too much of a value. To where it's like, mm-hmm. well, why would I buy that when I can just buy this for one fifty? Which obviously it's not going to be exactly. Yeah, your profits take a big hit too. Every time you make a price drop, man. Like even if it's just. Ten dollars. Think about it. If ten times a million people, or two million people, or three million people, that adds up so much. So even having the smallest price drop is a problem, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for for companies. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Yeah. So so we believe it's going to be more than likely five hundred for the Scorpio. Um, do you guys think the uh, PS4 Pro will see a a price drop at all? Kind of in in like uh, almost almost like a response to their announcement of it at holiday season. Maybe Michael Pactor seems to think so. Didn't Michael Pactor <laughs> guess that it's going to drop permanently to 250? Scorpio is going to get, or uh, the PS4 Pro is going to get down to 250. I think the PS4 I, Pro dropped to 350, but yeah. I I don't know. I the Pro is is the moon to me. I'm not I'm not sure yet. It seems like it's making enough money that Sony's just going to kind of clear the road and see how far it'll drive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's just going to stay with course you know maybe if thing if things come out things get a little rocky you oh know? never mind guess what i didn't even realize this uh people in the chat are saying this i need to check on twitter but uh i i, pro- I swear i did not see this uh the xbox one s apparently got a price drop to 200. okay oh, well no. here we go this is, <laughs> this is live news ladies I, and gentlemen i swear i swear i did not look at that so people in the chat are just now saying that so maybe well, i guessed right <laughs> what do i know about gaming nothing yeah do i look like a professional <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah it'll be tomorrow starting tomorrow it'll be cheaper down to 200 so there you go i guess i i just randomly guessed that very good so real okay. quick though so since, since if that's the case is this is an official price drop or is this just like retailers that are just saying hey we're gonna have a is is this official uh they uh, apparently it was announced on xbox's twitter so then let's reconsider the price for scorpio now that we have and, this and, little bit of information exactly that makes a big difference because right 
that going that, it, go ahead I was just going to say, just going along what Jesse said, I think he made a great point. If it's two, $200 is an excellent value for like an Xbox One S, right? Like, yeah. so, I mean, do you really think that they're going to release that Scorpio at $500, which is going to be a console that plays the exact same games? 2.5 times the price. Yeah, then maybe 400 man. It that, also comes crazy. down to hard drive size, keep in mind, because that's for the 500 gig Xbox One S, whereas the terabyte is still $50 more, I believe. So they said what they were advertising it on the Xbox site. Or, uh, I'm looking at the Twitter page right now. All I see is a 50, get fifty dollars off the get get ready. Oh, no, that was nine hours ago. Never mind. Sorry. Fireworks. It's, apparently, it's ahead of it uh, unveiling it. This is on. Uh, I just I saw this pop up on Kotaku after after okay. looking around for it. So I I think they just randomly posted it. Uh, but yeah, people in the chat were quick on that one. Jeez, <laughs> thanks guys. <laughs> they were like, "It's two hundred already." You know, <laughs> exclamation points. <laughs> Welcome to thirty minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, so we we pretty much covered Microsoft. Do you, how many? All right, if you guys have to put a number on it, how many new IPs do you think they announced there? Uh, big and small, five. Five. Okay. Now, ones that we've never heard of. Yes. Okay. Five. Got it. Okay. Yeah, Anyone else? we'll go along with that too. I was thinking if it is like big first-party Microsoft games for the Xbox, I was going to say one or two, but if you're counting the indie games, I'll count five, five five yeah. games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they were the ones that showed off, um, or was it Square? I think it was Microsoft. Um, Yarny, I believe. That was like, EA last year. Yeah. EA last year. Was it yeah. Unravel or was it Yarny? Yeah, was Unravel. That? Yeah, with Unravel. Okay, what am yeah, I thinking yeah. of with Yarny? What? Yeah, yeah, Yarny is the hero, and that guy came out like, okay. this is my little doll, I take it on camping trips. Like, <laughs> 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 I, I think we could see a bunch of stuff like that, or um, Firewatch, like little indie games like that, make the showing. I'm, I'm going to say not counting Bioware, I'm going to say three, so I guess four counting Bioware's new IP tomorrow. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with three, though. I'm going to go with two big ones from Microsoft, okay. and four smaller ones um, okay so six total very good yeah. real, real quick before we move on i want to throw out one more speculation so i can pretend like i know the future i have a feeling <laughs> they're gonna make a giant official like uh halo spin-off announcement okay cool we can we can fast forward I just well, no, we, know, we know there's gonna be we know there's gonna be a halo announcement of some kind yeah but i'm almost positive it's the halo wars 2 dlc <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. You should have went to E3 if that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I right. think it would do a lot of good if they did something similar to whenever they first showed off the Xbox One with the uh, the Halo 5 teaser with Master yeah. Chief walking in the desert. If they did something like that for the Scorpio, mm-hmm. I think it would be showing like, hey, you can expect the new Halo game sometime in the near future. Trust me, I've been playing a lot of Master Chief Collection recently, so I'm ready for new Halo. Maybe we'll get a, a video of Master Chief walking through Antarctica with a poncho. Yeah. Well, I was I was doing a, I was doing a, a review of the E3 2013 leading up to this, and people are still arguing to this day that that <laughs> that we saw is Halo Six. Oh wow! <laughs> still See, arguing to this wow. day about that. It I, would I, be I think, interesting. I, think I, want Phillip, I want Phillips' message. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and I like the idea of the rainforest with a poncho. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, a uh, Master Chief for all seasons. Yeah. <laughs> different environments just him just walking through with a gun, just like now with the power of Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah. There might also be get the um, season pass today. Yeah, <laughs> I think there might also be a segment yeah, where they come in and they show free off with the, the season pass. Yeah, 
But I, I think there might be a segment when they come in and show off a bunch of the most popular Xbox One games, and then they point at the screen or something and be like, and this is what it looks like on Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And then show like exactly the same on your 1080p comparison. stream. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the problem that these yeah. companies are running into right now is to show you 4K on a 1080p yeah. stream, it still looks yeah. exactly the same to you. Yeah. And then like YouTube's compression and all sorts yeah. of stuff going but, on. I mean, if, you if you're there, I'm sure it looks amazing, right? Yeah, yeah especially yeah. on the big screens. So oh, yeah. What they need to do is the really creative promotion that they were doing for the PlayStation 3. Because, like, when they were advertising the PlayStation 3 originally, uh, let's ignore that commercial with the creepy doll talking backwards, but a lot of people still had standard <laughs> definition televisions. And I remember that they were doing really creative advertising. Like, it showed, like... What about the one with the baby? A... Well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, somebody, there was one of them that has, like, a, someone throwing a spike grenade in a Resistance Fall of Man, and it freeze frames, and it's like... Brevet Johnson is behind this tent right here, and this is about to split into 15 different pieces. And it was like explaining the processing power and the graphical power. So even though you're looking at muddy visuals on your crappy 2002 TV, you're kind of like, oh, like the future's here and it's particle effects. They need to do that with Scorpio. (laughs) I mean, if they really want to do some crazy, they should do like some of the old school Nintendo ones, like where the guy explodes from eating too much. Do you guys remember? Do you guys know exactly at all what I'm talking about with these commercials? No, when, I, when you said old school Nintendo commercials, the first one that popped in my mind was the uh, Teletubby like commercial for Smash Brothers, where they're all oh, walking. Yeah. Through the yeah, where they're running through the those like the the, <laughs> the like the it's like a like a grassy meadow, and they're running through and like Pikachu like trips Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I was thinking for some reason there's this random one where it's like this this little kid walking through a parking lot and there's just a Super Nintendo on the ground with the Super Game Boy and he walks up and picks it up like, oh, I guess this is a good thing to do instead of getting kidnapped. And all of a sudden this like movie screen turns on. And it's like, play your Game Boy games on the TV. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I need this product apparently. No, there was um, there was a it was a commercial with a guy who kept eating for some reason. And uh, I think it was for Yoshi's Island on the Super Nintendo. Oh, maybe yeah. And yeah. he explodes from eating too much. <laughs> and like it just explodes and like all this gunk hits the guy, like the kid who's playing, and he's like, eh, Yoshi's Island. The same commercial could have been repurposed for a future Kirby game. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Just re- um, re-render okay. it, put it back up. <laughs> okay, so we're done with Microsoft. Let's move on. Bethesda is that night, um, 9 p.m. if you're on the West Coast. My time will be midnight, which will suck, but that's the way it goes. Uh, hopefully it's not more than two hours long. I-, I can't imagine Bethesda will be more than two hours long. It'll probably be like an hour. Um, so I should be to bed at least at a decent hour. Uh, so there is a rumor going around about, have you guys seen this new game that apparently Bethesda will be talking about called Starfield? I ain't never heard of it. I, I didn't hear the name, but I heard Skyrim in space. That's basically what it is. Yes, it's it's um <laughs> the, this is the uh the rumored new IP that's supposed to be there, and uh, apparently it's it has a lot of people buzzing about it because it looks very interesting. Because yes, it's it's Skyrim in space. So um, it which sounds like a cool concept um, at face value. It's going to be a huge open world, uh, all sci-fi based, um, big RPG. Think similar to think of like um something like No Man's Sky. But it's it's apparently going to use random generation in a different way. They've been very vague. People are apparently leaking these out. So who knows if it's completely true? But apparently, Starfield will be there. Do you guys think you'd be interested in a a Skyrim in space, almost made by made by Bethesda? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely, yes. absolutely. Um, Bethesda Bethesda's conferences are usually pretty good, right? Like they're not. They don't like to beat around the bush like with fluff like Ubisoft, you know, and, and uh, other 
you know, other, what's this? EA? They're pretty quick and to you the know? point. Yeah. 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 They're pretty quick. They talk about the games. They know their audience. They know that their audience knows that their games won't work half the time, but that's okay. They'll make sure mm-hmm. they fix it. So, I mean, uh, they, they, they'll be okay. And I think it's going to be a good, if this game does turn out to be true, I think it's going to have a lot of people's interest. So I'm definitely interested in, I like, I like Bethesda. I like their games for the most part. Um, so yeah, I'm interested in it. Skyrim in space. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. Yep. Yeah. The only problem I have with Bethesda is sometimes their games are kind of like buggy and like janky, probably actually all the time. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be really that. weird when you take gravity away from that situation. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to show any hate towards Mass Effect, but it seems like all of the people that were looking forward to a great Andromeda game will be able to get this and kind of get that first party adventure style RPG game that they were sort of hoping for with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, but mixed with what Bethesda does with uh, Skyrim and all of their other games. Well, the reason this project, because I I heard this rumor a couple days ago and it's just been eating away at me uh, with interest because We've seen them do like ancient West. We we've seen them do all these different like time periods in some form of another. Because like I always thought of like Fallout kind of as like a futuristic sort of Western, and then we have the ancient ancient past with the Elder Scrolls. This is the first time we've ever really seen them sort of maybe take on the distant future and really build their own totally custom world and totally custom environments. And I'm so curious to see what that studio would produce. Mm-hmm. Because you know, yeah, you're right about that. Because all we usually get is Skyrim and Fallout. Because those are obviously the huge mm-hmm. big money makers. So why wouldn't you keep on making Skyrim and Fallout? You know, and that that's great. But yeah, this could be something that could draw more people. Believe it or not, Bethesda already has a ton of fans. But something like this, if it turns out to be good, a Skyrim in space for real, this could definitely grab all those Mass Effect fans, like you were, you know, like you're alluding to what, what we were kind of looking for. You know, um, I'd be very interested in that. I, I love Skyrim. I like Fallout. So so yeah, right. Man, sure. That sure. that that formula that they found with you know the the Skyrim games and the Fallout games like it's it obviously works very well. We obviously all seem to really love it, even though it is buggy at times, you know. But it would be great to see them take something like that or that exact formula and bring it to the stars. Essentially, I just really would be afraid of like you know them being a little over ambitious with it and us getting too buggy of a game or a game that like maybe we're expecting too much from like a no man's sky situation, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting. What were we saying? Oh, uh, sorry. No, no problem at all. Um, they have enough expertise though, to know exactly what their, like their audience wants. Right. We all know mm-hmm. that they're going to have somewhat buggy games and people accept it because of how much stuff is in their game. And if you look at it from like a game developer standpoint, I'm not a game developer, but to make everything like you, that have physics, right? You can pick it up, you can drop a lot of the stuff, you can do all the, those type of things. That's um, that's that, that's hard to make a game that doesn't break at times yeah. with all that <laughs> stuff that goes on in their games. That, that's very difficult. Um, I think anybody who's been in the game development or knows, knows about it, so. Right, like the weirdest thing in break games. That's what I'm worried about. Like this door won't open. End them upside down at the same time. You know, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be frustrating. Gravity will glitch on at the wrong time. Like, oh, well, I'm falling into space. <laughs> Wouldn't you guys agree? Half half of the 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 kind of the fun with Fallout and like Bethesda games is like seeing all the crazy. Stuff oh that, yeah, yeah. Stuff that happens like. <laughs> One of my favorite glitches ever is I was playing Skyrim once and I went all the way up to the top and I like, uh, I'm like halfway up this giant mountain and I kill a dragon and I like take all of his bones and I can like carry one pound. So I'm like, okay, like uh, I'm like one pound from being overburdened. So I fast travel to a store and sell everything. And as I step out front of the town, 
the skeleton of that dragon has slid down the mountain and it just looks like a freight train of bones coming at me. And it's just like nightmare fuel of being like, what in the sweet hell is this abomination? And then I look at the skeleton's name. I'm like, that, what the hell? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, was, I was bringing this bring this for visual aid this is why their games are glitchy this is the strategy guide for skyrim it is like literally it has two separate bookmarks it's, it's in a it. large game man. Two, let, let me just let me just drop that jesus that's why it's buggy <laughs> i feel bad for the person who had to write that he's like yes. all right guys it's gonna be a time here let's go <laughs> yes it's red bull he's like my child has not seen me in 17 days. At this point, I'm forgetting where my life ends and the bugs begin. <laughs> by, the time, by the time he's done, he has a beard. He has, yeah. he's, he's all old and everything, man. Here's that book, was huge. That book like, was huge, man. It's like a religion. It's like the Bible 2.0. Yes. <laughs> oh, someone in the, the chat mentioned Fallout 5. I don't think Fallout 5 would be coming, well, but we're do you think um, Bethesda had a, another... Uh, teamwork on like a oh. or oh, yes bro real real quick we do have uh speaking of fallout the other thing that we know is going to be there is fallout vr actually oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fallout VR. We, we know fallout vr is going to be there they said apparently it will blow our minds it, it, <laughs> it's like a quote it will blow your mind what do you got do you got i mean fallout seems like the perfect thing for vr right i mean it, it at face value it seems perfect but i mean if you imagine those kind of glitches like like when it, it feels like you're actually there. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but I mean, what do you what do you guys think about? I mean, I mean, Fallout VR. It, it seems like it makes sense. I, it makes sense, yeah. But I, I don't know. I I have messed with VR a decent amount, and I feel like I may be the one guy who's just I just don't care for it. Like it it's cool for stuff like spaceship games when I'm out in space and I literally like have the controls around me and it like oh my god, well I'm shooting asteroids. That's cool. But then when I'm just on Earth. <laughs> Shooting space me or uh, normal, you know, human mutants. Okay, only the normal I, kind. I, I can't do VR because I get a little bit of motion sickness at times. Uh -huh. You know, um, although it's it's designed specifically not for that to happen. You know, so it's not as bad as you would see. But also because VR is just not social enough. You know, I have a family. I have a little girl that runs around all the time, and I can't be having some stupid thing on my head all the time with her running around. You know what uh -huh. I'm saying? So VR just doesn't work for my my family situation. So that's uh -huh. why to me, I'm just like. VR is not going to be a thing until it's like HoloLens or something. Well, let me, like let me ask you, OJ, what if it was uh, how Microsoft's new, their new, apparently, their new strategy with VR is to make it completely wireless? If it's completely wireless and I can actually have peripheral, like, I don't know if you could actually make like HoloLens. Like, if something like HoloLens ever becomes a thing, that's something that I can get into because I can see my daughter, you know? That's I what they're see. doing. They're calling it mixed reality with wireless, uh, like a wireless headset that you can still kind of see through. It's almost like a visor and it's supposed to place things in the world around you. That'd be I something think, I'd be more interested in. Yeah, I, I, think, I, can, I can look at my daughter. I need to. I need to be able to see my daughter. <laughs> she's she's a wild one. She runs around. I, I can't have some headset strapped to me the whole time. You know. What, what were you saying, Jesse? I was gonna say like uh, with Nintendo, if they did something in VR, I think they already kind of had the perfect solution where the Wii U had uh, the gamepad video stream straight from the Wii U console. If Bethesda or Microsoft, PlayStation, if someone could release like a second generation VR unit with that kind of technology to where it's streaming the HD video straight to your headset, I think that would be the perfect solution. And anyone going anywhere to buy VR, whether it's in store, at online, Amazon, wherever, I think that would be like the go-to thing for everybody to get. So, yeah. 
I mean, if, they, if, they, if they make it like approachable is the big thing for the mainstream, you know, make it easy. Mm-hmm. That's the reason no one wants to like, I don't want to say no one, but the mainstream does not want to buy a Vive because you pretty much have to put a leash on to play it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's not interesting to like a mom or a dad who want to buy it for their kids. Cause that, that's where the money is. Let's be realistic here. The money is the kids when they're being bought for Christmas time. And they yeah. Oh yeah. That. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, so we know that we know that. Um, and then, I guess that's everything right now for Bethesda. Jesse, you're asking if maybe there is another like uh, like another Fallout game, like a New Vegas. Is that what you're thinking? Yes, yeah, similar to that, but you know, using the new Fallout engine made from a separate team. Um, well, that, that actually might be what this this, this, uh, this space game is. Maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe instead of New Vegas, maybe they're like, well, let's let's do something different. Let's go into space. Yeah, well, we have seen Ubisoft with Far Cry. You know, they they took it back to with Far Cry Primal, gave it a completely different environment than we've seen before. If you know a, a new Fallout game took it to the future, I think that could be interesting. I we also we've have a lot of confirmation that something else they're going to unveil tomorrow is uh, the new what is it Wolfenstein Wolfenstein New Wolfenstein Colossus yeah. yeah which sounds great. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazon be like, you guys want to know everything before it happens? Check out this. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That, I mean, that Wolfenstein one, one, that one was great. The new order, awesome. Yeah, game. yeah. Awesome and game. Old Blood, both so yeah. good. That game was twenty bucks when it came out. Uh, old, old Blood, yeah, it was twenty bucks. What a great deal that was. Mm-hmm. You could buy it standalone, right? Yeah, on a disc, even an physically yeah. on a disc too, which is like, man, mm-hmm. you guys were just one that in houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I like the original. That was a fun. That one was good. So uh, are we good on Bethesda? We just, we, I guess we assume Wolfenstein. I, I did want to say though, on the subject of VR though, I think mm-hmm. there's a good chance we might see Doom in VR. You know, yeah. like I know, oh, I know that we've, cool. yeah, they, we've well, heard. They they had it playable last year, and everybody said that it was great. But apparently, a, a lot of people, and the reason I heard they took it back behind curtains is people said too much. Like apparently, it's just so <laughs> much audio, so much visual, and they managed to like. The biggest hurdle when you're making stuff in VR is making sure your HUD will make sense like in a 3D scape. It's not just like a flat image on your screen. And apparently people just said that it was too much of like menus in your face and you're just like, oh my God, David's. And so they're just like, <laughs> so I, they're apparently trying to tone it down and maybe this year they could be like, here's tone down, dude. So <laughs> okay. I asked the question, so was there like an option like select and like start like right here? <laughs> I, you just scream into the mic like, I would like a new weapon. Yeah, yeah, that game moves is. really fast. The other thing is yeah, Vulcan, yeah. Vulcan really makes that game move fast. <laughs> yeah. That game runs at like 100 frames on like a standard gaming rig. If we do see it in VR, I just don't see us getting like the, the VR version of it being the exact same version because that's just way too yeah. quick. Like I, I actually do play a lot of VR games or I used to play a lot of VR games. Um, and just the whole idea of like running around with demons like going from every angle would just be too intense. It would just be too intense even for somebody who has a lot of experience with vr is so, it you do you have the vive and you have the psvr i had a vive for a month um mm-hmm. but i have an oculus and i have a psvr oh you oh so you, you went from the vive to the oculus yeah yeah interesting exactly. you, I, I hear a lot of people going the other way why'd you go to the oculus um you know oculus kind of started the whole whole deal back in the day you know and and john carmack had a lot to do with the development of oculus and stuff so i just kind of um liked what they were doing and also i liked the feel of the oculus touch controllers a lot more i thought that those were better controllers overall than the than the vive wands themselves um the vive wands feel like i'm holding two time warner cable remotes in my hands Um, whereas like the 
the Oculus Touch controllers, they feel like I'm not holding really anything or whatever the game looks like I'm want, it wants me to hold. Like if it's a gun, it feels like a gun. If it's a sword, it feels like a sword. Your brain puts the pieces together. That's the magic of VR. And oh, it yeah. really does work. Um, but it's just a matter of putting it on that consumer level because even PSVR today, as, as consumer friendly as it is, it's a nightmare on a consumer friendly level. You know, I mean, we do need to get to that point where we're wireless. It does need to get more plug and play. And unfortunately, like, I don't think we'll see that with Scorpio. I don't think we'll see like a wireless headset come out with Scorpio unless they're going to make it like $1,200 because the Vive at launch was, you know, $800 and the Oculus at launch was what, like $600? Um, it's something pretty pricey, yeah. Something yeah. like that. So, and it's still pricey even today. And I think that the technology is there. However, the support for the games are, are not there. Like Resident Evil 7 was an excellent experience on PSVR. And the fact that you that was an optional thing, that you could play the game normally and then just put the headset on and go in VR mode. I think that should be like the future of VR as far as like games or, you know, having an option to, to play a game with or without it. Um, but I think we're a long way away from that. And even if we do get something amazing like Fallout, like that's just one game, Fallout and Doom. Great. Those are two games that are amazing. But where are the rest of them? Like I, I have a lot of fun playing the indie dev stuff, like the third party stuff. But those are all like really small games that are like akin to iPhone games in reality, you know, so. I don't yeah, know. they're like they're like very quick, almost like tech demo, right? That's pretty pick much up and play. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, we're there, but we're not there. Okay, very good, very good. So we we finished up uh, Bethesda, and then we can move on now to Ubisoft. Now uh, Ubisoft is set to talk about a couple games. I don't know if they're going to make any big announcement at theirs. The one game that we know is getting announced that has not been technically announced by either side is, of course, the Mario and Rabbids crossover. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if they're announcing it at their event or if Nintendo's going to announce it at theirs. I feel like Nintendo might want to announce it at theirs. It's a very weird situation because, obviously, Ubisoft is technically working on it with Nintendo's approval. So Ubisoft could announce it here, but we do know Far Cry 5. We already know Assassin's Creed because good old Game Informer sent out a... <laughs> Sent out Assassin's Creed stuff to everybody who subscribes to it, um, which I guess that's technically GameStop, so good job, GameStop. Uh, and we know the crew, too. But, I mean, going back to it, uh, Assassin's Creed, I guess, is their big one because people have been waiting uh, over... I mean, this is going to come up on two years now, right, since the last Assassin's Creed came out. And uh, it looks like they're taking a chance by going to Egypt. I, I actually, I think it looks really cool. What do you guys? What do you guys think about Assassin's Creed showing up here, going back to Egypt instead of, you know, the standard that they're used to? I think it's interesting that uh, they chose to do Assassin's Creed in Egypt as opposed to doing uh, like a new Prince of Persia type game. Okay. They could have so, done Prince. Um, yeah, you could. They might have been able to do Prince Persia. Yeah, it seems like uh, I think Assassin's Creed even started out as a new Prince of Persia game, and then they ended up changing it in development, or at least that's what I remember reading. But I feel like this is a way to get back to all of those people that were a fan of Prince of Persia, or that may have stopped playing Assassin's Creed, and then it'll get them reinvested into the series again. It seems like this is trying to solve the biggest problem of the series, which is there was all this always this problem of we're accelerating towards the present day. Each game was a little bit more modern and it had a little bit more in the modern day. And then they kind of hit this point where they're like, well, now we want to we're at the Revolutionary War. Like we can't get too much for, for uh, farther forward. So I think they just eventually had to be like, OK, we just have to throw it into literally 20,000 B.C. 
and start going back forward again. So I think this is a, a major part of that. I'm excited for it, and I want to see about it, but I also I have this sense that this is very much like a, an executive solution to a, a, a designer problem. Okay, because we did see naval, look like naval warfare as well. So it looks like yeah. they will have some sort of like sailing mechanic and I assume like like on high seas battle and everything. Um, but uh, what were we saying? Go ahead. I'm really excited about this Assassin's Creed um, for a couple different reasons. I, I think I'm in the minority because Assassin's Creed 1 is one of my more favorite games in the series. Yes, yeah. thank you. I like the it more than one, I like You like, you like yes. the first one more than two? Hell really? Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I didn't like the first one much at all, and I got that game for free. <laughs> really? I hated it. I, yeah, because when I worked at GameStop, we got the most uh, pre-orders out of any like any store in the entire company. So they personally sent us free copies of the game, and I I just it got repetitive for me. I think I liked the second one more. I, 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 I go oh, ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say I liked how how much of uh, the research was a focus of it. Maybe it's just my nerd side, but I like that you're constantly looking for clues and trying to make alliances and trying to figure out the patterns. Like I like that it was a big gap in time between targets. It didn't seem like you were just like, kill that dude and then get on this boat and go over there and then shoot that guy in the throat. It felt slow and I like that. Yeah, it felt very, like, I like the story of it. I like the setting of it. I like the game flow of it. And I like that they're kind of having a return to form after this two year, or was it a two year break or one year yeah. break? Yeah, yeah. It's, they're doing Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, that's kind of like that. Right, so it's exciting to to see Assassin's Creed come back after this little like, little break for the first time ever, and I'm I'm kind of expecting to see them see some new stuff. I'm not expecting to see the same Assassin's Creed that we've seen every year because obviously they took that break for a reason. I don't think that break was just for us. I think it was for them too, creatively and technologically. I think that they know that they were like you know yes, the last Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed Syndicate was amazing. However, it was just again like another layer of the same thing that we've been getting every year. I think that they need to just take everything that worked really well and then just remap it, just bring reboot again, reboot the game essentially. You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So do you think uh, this is the big question? Uh, do do you guys think that Assassin's Creed is going to the Switch as well? No, I, no, and no. I've it's, heard a lot of people who, people who have managed to get more sneak peek. I've talked to, and they basically said no way. They said that it's, it's too big to downgrade at all. Like you can't really take it down a peg. Even if you took it down visually, some it is just way too big to fit on the Switch. That was like was, the biggest rumor right before the Switch came out was that Assassin's Creed was going to it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. What I've heard about it is that not necessarily that they couldn't do it. They could if they wanted to. The only, the only thing is, but it'd be a big undertaking. Um, but the thing about it is that Ubisoft is very wary about selling these type of games on the Switch because of what happened with Wii U. They brought out mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed, two Assassin's Creed games on the Wii U, and Assassin's Creed 3 was trash on the Wii U. But Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, was not. And um, yeah, both of them didn't do very well. So yeah, Ubisoft does not want to bring those type of games until they see an install base, until they see unit sales, and then they could potentially start developing these type of games, mature rated games on there. Until then, they're going to do stuff like Rayman. They're going to do stuff like Steep. They're going to do stuff like um, the Rabbits Cross Mario until then. Yeah, yeah, Steep, yeah, I would say Steep's already shown up. I wonder if they'll show any more details on that. Because uh, that's a game that actually runs at like 900p on the Xbox One. So I'll be curious what they can get out of the Switch version. I think it's yeah. still possible. Like, I mean, the closer we get, the the more unlikely I think it is that we'll see on Assassin's Creed on the Switch. However, like Ubisoft is 
um, a company that we know has been working very closely with Nintendo. So, you know, they could have had a development system for a little bit longer than other developers have. Um, they could have been working on this for a long time. We all we do know, like I said before, that this is the Assassin's Creed that, that did have a break, you know, so we could potentially be seeing a day and day release. It would be a huge surprise. Um, but technologically, I think that the Switch um, could handle some version of Assassin's Creed Egypt or whatever. Oh, no, it, it can it can it can handle it on the CPU side. I'd be curious to see. How they would have to change resolution with its um, with its right. with its memory bus and throughput. That'd be the only thing I'd be curious about. But they they'd be I think they'd be able to do it because the big thing is obviously AI and stuff. But the Switch's CPU can actually handle that. Okay, um, maybe so, maybe so not this year. Maybe not this year, but maybe you know a year from now or two years from now. Once the Switch has more of an install base, I think that's when we'll see an Assassin's Creed pop up. Mm -hmm. But just for, for right now, no. There's just they're sure. just not gonna do it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the next Assassin's Creed then. If yeah, that's yeah. Is. Maybe the next, or maybe there's a remastered version or whatever that comes out, like on the sure. PS4, Xbox One, and then it comes out on the Switch, like in a year from now or something, or a year and a half from now or something. Sure. Yeah. Or I they, think um, with the Nintendo Switch and Assassin's Creed, I, I could see two different situations. I could see that they, I, I think that the PlayStation Four and Xbox One would be playing the new Assassin's Creed game on. The PC equivalent to like high settings where it's not all the way maxed out, but it still looks better than the average settings. I think they could easily take that, put it in 720p, 30 frames per second, and have it run at low to medium settings, and it would run smoothly on the uh, Nintendo Switch. Or they could take the Ezio collection, which is a lot of people's. It has a lot of people's favorite games, and then they could put the Ezio collection on the Switch, and then you wouldn't just be getting one game you'd be getting like how however many's on there three yeah four. like a, like a compilation yeah that's not a bad idea yeah. doing something or, like that or chronicles i feel like it's most most likely that they'd port the assassin's creed chronicle games since they are just pretty side scrollers i mm -hmm. very much see them dropping those as fast as possible on switch just to see if assassin's creed fans even own that yeah that, that's not a bad idea just test the waters with like a remaster of a few games kind of packed in and see what happens yeah um, or just go with the 2d that works too but either way um what do you guys what are your guys thoughts on on far cry 5 because uh it looks it looks interesting to me um but i kind of got burned out on far cry after the fourth one to be completely honest uh just because it was so much like three see i was i was one of the originals with the first far cry on my pc way back in the day and i think i liked it more because of the visuals than the game itself but what do you what do you guys think about about far cry 5 kind of taking place in really like dead center of America almost maybe a little further to the left on the map, but close enough. And that, cause this will be the first one that's really taken place in America. Yeah. It, it reminds me of uh, like whenever I first seen it, if any of you know any of uh, Kevin Smith's movies, he had a movie called red state, which was essentially yeah. this game in movie form. Yeah. And uh, it, it reminded me a lot of it. So I'm interested in it and it like, the environments and stuff in Far Cry 4 and Far Cry 3 seemed so similar that there really wasn't that much of a difference between them, except for like the story, but just playing through, walking oh, through yeah, yeah. the environment and everything, it all looked visually similar. So with the new one, I'm hoping that it looks, which obviously it does different enough and plays different enough to where it's not just oh we're in a jungle or we're in the deep forest or something so i'm, I'm excited to see what kind of story they do and i think there is even some kind of interview or something that they did where they said that you'll be able to play as a female as well as a male 
or yeah. you'd be able to choose mm-hmm. between the two. So I think that's interesting as well to it, see if uh, the story progresses differently at all well, instead of just he or she being said in so a cutscene. They they already confirmed that. They confirmed there's going to be I think six. There's like six choosable characters, and then you can customize a little bit. So you can be like a huge black dude, and then like customize his haircut. Or there's like the Puerto Rican bartender character, and they have confirmed that. It's going to be mostly dialogue stuff, but certain situations you walked into, like, you can walk into and a bunch of racist dudes are going to be like, like, uh, excuse me, partner, what are you doing in this side of town? <laughs> so they have from some of the stuff I've read, it does sound like that'll be real. And I, I'm curious. I think Far Cry 5 is going to be one of those games that I play and love for 10 hours and then take the disc out and never think or look at it again. <laughs> That's, that's what that's, Far Cry that's, 4 that, was that's pretty much Far Cry. That, that's Far Cry. <laughs> that's Far Cry in a nutshell, right? You get, oh, this is a great. Okay, out of here. <laughs> say, that, say that on the box. One hundred hours of content, ten percent of which you'll enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> the issue that I've always had with Far Cry is it, it seems like they throw so much just stuff at you. You know what I'm saying? And none of the gameplay elements or anything is that engaging. Everything's well done, but nothing's super engaging about the fall. Or sorry, did I say Fallout? I think I said Fallout. Whatever. Far Cry. <laughs> Far Cry games. Um, so yeah, that's the one thing that I've, I've noticed about it. I have Far Cry 4. I played it for about 10 hours. Um, pretty much about 10 hours. And then I'm just like, I'm done with this type of game. And I don't know. They're going to have to show a lot for me to really be, um, you know, to get me kind of on the train with this one. But we'll, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, Far Cry has, has always been a little repetitive, or at least the last two for me as game as far as gameplay. Like, how many territories can you capture? How many camps can you capture over and over again before you get tired of it? You know. So I like that they're they're t- they're taking a lot like a different approach with this one. Hopefully, I know we haven't seen very much of it, but at least it looks a lot more serious in tone, and I like that. Like the story right now, automatically it it's got me. Like I want to see what this game is about, and to me. Um, I don't know. I think that that's a little bit more appealing than like the crazy like island parties that have been going on in Far Cry. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more realistic. You know, teenage crazy spring break time. And then all of a sudden he knows how to use a rocket launcher. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Every time you start alien cocaine, you learn about a new weapon. So let's go fight a war. Um, So... It looks, I mean, they're going to do the crew also. I don't know if any of you guys really got into the crew. It, it had its own issues overall, but um, I don't know if any of you guys were really big into that. I, I can't I, believe it's getting yeah. a sequel. I liked I, it, yeah. Okay, because that was, that was the game that was like online only, but mm-hmm. like there wasn't any real load times. You could drive like across the United States and everything. The coolest thing about the crew and the reason mm-hmm. I, I think it developed such a hardcore fan base is it was a, it had, a very interesting RPG element to it. Like whenever you run one races, you would like earn gear randomly. So little, and it would just hot swap in your car. It would just basically have like stats instead of being like, this is a G6 tuner that can go up to 800 RP. It literally just said like plus five to acceleration. Like, okay, cool. And so there was such a like races would pop up. There'd be like random quests of like, Hey, that guy's got a bunch of money in his trunk. If you could run him <laughs> off the road before these five other people who also got the quest, you'll earn uh, a grippy tire. And so you go, Oh, I love grippy. You know, it, it was cool. I played and then you, and then you murder. Yeah. Just on drugs and it's far cry actually. <laughs> That's what it kind of seems to be saying. I seem like a uh, Far Cry with like wheels. It's like, it's, yeah, it's you're doing like the same thing. Far like, Cry with wheels. But it's like, but it's like, oh well, online only Far Cry. With wheels. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's why I was just like, I'm staying away. You be nah, nah. I'm good. <laughs> so um, okay. Do we think that Rabbids gets announced at 
Ubisoft, or do we think it's going to happen at Nintendo's conference? Might as well say that now since we're still on Ubisoft. It's Nintendo for sure. Yeah. I okay. I think it'll be teased, like maybe just the screenshot or the image that we've already seen come out, where it's everybody holding the weird Mega Man looking Mega Busters, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I think it'll be something like that, and then they'll end with it, or it'll be somewhere in the middle, and they'll say, "Expect more Tuesday from Nintendo's mm-hmm. conference." or whatever and then it would be a way for nintendo to open up and close with mario so people are asking about south park's release date in the chat that's already been decided it's october 17th um yeah i think i think there is kind of a weird problem which is that nintendo's conference is going to be 30 minutes long or 31 minutes so Mm -hmm. if they do talk about rabbits it's going to be super short so it is a possibility that ubisoft unveils it it's i just can't imagine a nintendo unveiling on any uh, a Mario unveiling on anything but Nintendo stage. Well, couldn't somebody from Nintendo show up like oh, yeah. on like, Ubisoft's presentation? Like they could send Reg, yeah. he could show up and be like, "Hey, Moto was at the Apple." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if if Ubisoft's really willing to make a game like this cuz according to a lot of stuff it's been in development for quite a while. So, yeah. it's uh, maybe he's like, "Hey, we'll present it there in a live presentation and, you know, I'll just show up on stage. I'll just walk out on stage, you know, like how uh how uh, what's his name? Gabe walked out on the the PlayStation stage. Yeah. Um, oh, here. Um, which? You, sorry. Was that, what? Was that just? Sorry. Uh, I was gonna that? like it just popped in my mind. I didn't mean to interrupt you all, but Ubisoft always tends to have some sort of celebrity appearances. Um, usually they have like a a singing thing or dancing for the Just Dance stuff. Um, last year they had those awkward moments where they would sit and be like, hey, here's the game. What do you think about it? And they'd talk to the crowd. Seemed a bit awkward to me. Uh, maybe this year they could have something where Matt and Trey come out to talk about uh, the stick of, not stick of truth, uh, the fractured. fractured. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they could have something where they come out and talk about the game instead of just having Aisha Tyler if she's going to be the one to she's, do it again. Apparently, she's not going to be there. Yeah, she, she's not. It was so sad and weird. Yeah. I love Aisha. She, she was my favorite part about the Ubisoft thing because, yeah. like, whether the the comedy they had written or whatever wasn't good or not, she was always entertaining, even if she was doing something that wasn't necessarily entertaining, just because she's that familiar voice, like. When Reggie comes out, or when Sony used to have their uh, their fake president always come out. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I always liked uh, those people. Yeah. So having Aisha as like the spokeswoman of Ubisoft was something that I always look forward to. So it does suck that she's not here this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing. I I do think that Ubisoft. I don't. I think they'll hint it as far as the Rabbits game, but they won't like. They won't announce that. I think it's going to be a trailer, like a, a trailer at, uh, at Nintendo's thing. That, that, that's what I think is going to happen. The, uh, but I guess Aisha's going through a little bit of issues this year, so her divorce deal. So. Oh, well, yeah, that, that eats up time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, she's fine. Nothing's wrong with her. I mean, obviously, she's very successful, right? Yeah, um, somebody, so. people are saying somebody's tapping the microphone. They're trying to figure out who it is. Yeah. I, I'm not tapping the microphone at all. Okay. I'll, I'll do this to make chat happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, so yeah. So, I mean, she's just to let you guys know. I, I know a lot of people don't. Like, some people give her crap, you know, Aisha, as far as just her being there. But Aisha, she's very, she's very successful. Is what she does. Like, she has businesses of her own, you know. Um, but she, I guess she's going. She went through a pretty not a tough divorce, but she is going through or went through that. So maybe she needs some time at this well, point. 
she was so great, like, not not mm-hmm. to dwell on the topic, but I liked Aisha because she is such a hardcore gamer and has appeared even on, like, really tiny gaming podcasts just because she's, like, so in the culture. So it was cool to just have somebody who happens to be such a famous person who is such a natural speaker just trot out on stage and randomly, like, get to unveil, like, crazy new shooters and stuff mm-hmm. and talk about, like, Rainbow Six Siege. That was so cool and such a rare voice. So it, it will be missed not oh, having her out there. I should have sent her a tweet. <laughs> yeah, dr- drop her a line, but yeah. hey, you're real busy with that triple divorce, I'm sure. But uh, I've got 33,000 <laughs> subscribers that would love to hear your voice. Just one. We're getting close, so we have like 850 people on here watching right now. Nice. Yeah, right. There we go. See? Maybe she's watching. Maybe Aisha's watching. <laughs> uh, Hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on. We're going to do the last two, and then we're going to talk about some of the uh, the stuff that went wrong with EA's play. Not like games or anything, but from technical standpoints because there were some pretty bad things that happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but uh, So stick around for that because that'll be funny. Uh, let's move on to Sony. And Sony's is interesting because there's not a lot that we know about for them to talk about. That doesn't mean they're gonna, not going to announce more games. But it almost seems like a lot of their games are coming out the following year, like 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, Death Stranding is not even going to be there. That's how like unprepared that game is mm-hmm. uh so they they have to put over a few things vr i think needs to be a big focus of theirs this year whether they price drop it or make a new bundle or something maybe they price drop the pro um but really uh, ace combat got pushed for example uh they'll show god of war which we assume is this year right i mean that that has to yeah, be a 2017 yeah. game they can't they cannot possibly push that game to 2018 or, or that's gonna be a problem for the holiday season uh i mean what do we expect from sony here guys I've heard a lot of people saying that uh, the main, main, main focus and the star of this E3 is not going to be Kratos. Like, they're going to do a lot of stuff talking about that, but they said that they're really going to push Spider-Man, like, super hardcore. Like I, I, I definitely want to see that game. Yeah, it's actually, they pulled it. That is the most popular mm-hmm. game uh, that people are wanting to see E3, which is so bizarre to me because I feel like I don't see many people talking about it, but apparently that is the most hype game of E3 well, this Well, I mean, year, I mean you got to remember, Spider-Man. the Spider-Man movie is coming out next month. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. I want to see more about it. It looks because it's going to be a PS4 exclusive. It's being made by, uh, oh, in, is it Insomniac? It's, Am I yeah, thinking right? Insomniac, yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, and that, that we've seen some trailers for it, and you know what? It, it looks good. I don't, it looks yeah. looks like a solid. It looks very similar to Spider-Man Two, mm-hmm. um, and I really like Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man 2 is very good. Um, I not, not to get too much far off of um, Spider-Man because I'm actually really excited about that. And shout-outs to Usman. I don't know if he's watching, but he's a <laughs> YouTuber that's really hyped about Spider-Man. Um, but I do want to ask, like, what you guys think is uh, Sucker Punch working on? Because uh, maybe a little small thing that some people don't know about me is I like Infamous. Um, I like Infamous yeah. 1, and I like Infamous 2. And Second Son is okay. It's not horrible, but it's, it's definitely good. It's, it's okay. Um, do you guys think Sucker Punch is going to have a new Infamous potentially at this year's E3, or what is, or maybe there's a new IP or a new game that Sucker Punch is working on? Uh, what do you guys think about that happening at Sony's conference this year? Because they've been quiet since 2014, right? We saw the DLC, and mm-hmm. then they've been gone for the past, going on three years now. So, I've heard that it's a new IP, and I'm actually a huge Infamous fan. I actually like Second Son the most. I don't know why I liked I liked the art style and powers a lot, but everything I've heard is that they're working on some sort of new IP. I don't, mm. other than that, I don't know. I've heard that mm. it is going to be 3D open world brawling mechanics, but okay. who the hell, I mean, literally, the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm interested in that because I, I like Sucker Punch. I've liked them, you know, since they came out with it for the original Infamous. I thought that game was amazing. So uh, we'll see if they got they got something for Sony's press conference. So I'm excited, especially with Sony's new new format, their new layout of like the one hour get through games. You know mm-hmm. that that is that is great. If you're going to do a live conference, do it that way. You know, like do it do it that way. So I'm excited to see what they have to offer. Yeah, it, it would it would be interesting to see if they came out and did something similar to uh, isn't it Gorilla Games that worked on the uh, Horizon. Yeah, Zero Dawn. Yeah, had the, had the names mixed up for a second. Um, where they were mostly known for Killzone, and then they came with this new IP that everyone ended up loving. It ended up becoming one of uh, the PS4's best games, and it was a brand new IP. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see uh, this other team do something to where everyone's used to uh, Infamous coming out, but now they have a completely different, totally new IP. And if it does the same thing to where everyone likes that development team for Infamous, but now this new thing comes out, everybody likes it even better than what they used to be known for. Yeah, I think that would be really great. I think I think I think yeah. sequels. While a lot of fans like sequels, I think sometimes studios look at that and say, "Well, we'd like to be more creative, but we know we have to make the next Infamous. You know, we we have to do that." Whereas now, if they are making a new IP, it's kind of like we could, whatever we want. Let's let's do it. So yeah. what, were, what were you saying, Philip? No, I was going to say, I think that, you know, Tony, or Tony, Sony, Sony tends to surprise us. You know, they, they they have this nature to just kind of spring things up on us that we weren't really expecting. Like Resident Evil 7, that kind of just blew up, right, um, the other year. And then, like, the, the comeback of, like, Last Guardian, that was a really big deal. So it wouldn't be surprising, you know, to see Sucker Punch just kind of come up on stage and just be like, hey, Here's our new IP, you know? You guys all thought we were working on Spider-Man. Well, this is what we were really working on, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so Philip, when you're at uh, E3, you need to record yourself there, and you need to start asking everyone where the where Tony's booth is. Where <laughs> yeah, the you guys, is. <laughs> do you guys know where the Tony booth is? <laughs> I am a, a professional gamer, and I was told that Tony would show me the best games. <laughs> uh, that's great. There was this rumor going around. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I'm sure someone in chat probably knows it because it was a big article that was written about it. But basically, this guy who each year helps uh, Sony with their setup, he's like a, a big presenter guy. And he works almost exclusively with Sony. But he had some quote come out where they basically did the final dry run for what's going to be this E3 show. And he said, quote, it is the best gaming show that has ever been put on at E3, which is quite a strong statement, especially because last year was so mind blowing. Like last year, literally like a, a symphony rising out of the ground and a chick beatboxing on a harp. It's like, we're, we're going to top beatboxing harps. <laughs> so um, well, if, if anyone can do it, it's Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's there's one big thing that everyone keeps talking about. Uh, we're just going to talk about it real quick. Uh, that's the possibility of Sony announcing a new handheld at their at their press conference i don't think that's going to happen i think that would be a bad move for sony considering they're still trying to work out vr and adding a handheld to the mix might make things problematic for them but what do you what do you guys think about the possibility of sony uh kind of jumping in with a handheld again i think um the most interesting thing they could do is make something similar to the switch to where you can uh connect and disconnect the whatever their joy cons are going to be and still have it do motion controls but then slip the basic console into sort of a headset to put on like psvr Uh, that way you could have oh my goodness this is uh (laughs) like maybe it has the wires connected somewhere to the headset that then connects to the actual tablet device or whatever 
but it would be the best way for them to be like, okay, we want to focus on VR, but we also want to focus on handheld. So here's a way for you to do everything. And then it has the whole Vita thing tied into it to where it can play uh, like Vita games or PSP games, but it also does the remote play the same as the Vita does. So I think that would be a good way to be like, okay, here is the next step in PSVR, but it's also a handheld. Maybe that would make it more expensive, but at the same time, it would be a better option than having PSVR, a handheld, PS4, PS4 Pro, and then PS5 coming out in a year or two. So instead of focusing on like five or six things, why not just mash two of them together? Sure, sure. Only thing, the the only, and I'm pulling this completely out of my butt here. This is not like an inside source, but the only thing I could imagine they would ever make if they came to another handheld is if they made a specific service that made it like PlayStation Now. They've really been trying to push PlayStation Now. If they made a PlayStation Now handheld, so that way it was like a handheld that played digital PS3 games, PS2, and PS1 games streaming onto a handheld. That's the only way, and that, even that's so ridiculous. That's the only thing I can imagine them making now, though, just because their last two handhelds lost them so much money. Yeah, it really Are did. Are you getting this from Tony? Yeah, <laughs> Tony's actually in my Bluetooth right now. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see Sony really going down that route. But we'll see. They cut off PlayStation Now support from the PS Vita, so they used to have that thing that could stream to the PS Vita handheld, you know, anywhere you want, and you know, do that. And they they cut that. So I mean, we'll we'll see. Dude, they actively took YouTube off of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think whatever contract they had with them ran out. So yeah. like, YouTube went on there and actively took that from it. <laughs> which is crazy to think about. Um, so let's, I guess we'll move on to the, the the big conference that everyone is talking about. Probably, I would assume, Nintendo and Microsoft are the two conferences that everyone's talking about right now, most because Microsoft, of course, is coming with a system that everyone's talking about. And Nintendo has a new system because this is the Switch's first E3. Um, now, we know it's supposed to be a 30-minute presentation. However, 30 minutes of a Nintendo Direct is closer to like 50 minutes of a live presentation. Yeah, they're, they're going to really cut out a lot of the fluff. Like uh, earlier, we were talking about Aisha Tyler and Ubisoft. She usually mm-hmm. comes out, and if they have like an hour-long show, it's usually 35, 40 minutes of actual trailers yeah. and content and stuff. And then the rest of it's like 10, 15 minutes of her joking on stage. I mean, we just so we just the, spent half an hour watching people play Battlefront 2. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> something else that whenever I see a lot of people talking about that and what... I don't see many people talking about whenever they're talking about being angry that it's only 30 minutes or whatever when they potentially have so many games to announce is they're likely going to have like the rest of the day for their treehouse events or the next day. So even though something may not be revealed or shown off during the thing, maybe they just have a trailer of each thing they're showing off, which for 30 minutes, you could have a lot of different trailers and then to actually see gameplay or something, it'll be like, stay tuned for whatever, Mario Odyssey coming up or Smash Brothers, whatever they're going to announce. Stay tuned for gameplay on Nintendo Treehouse. And then it would be also cool if they had something where they had like the competitive uh, Smash players or competitive Splatoon players at Nintendo Treehouse uh, playing instead of just them showing off everything. Call me a skip. I, I'm a, I feel like I'm the one skeptic in the world. Like, I just don't believe that Nintendo... Like, 30 minutes is so short. Mm-hmm. 
I just can't imagine that they're going to bust out more than four games. I just can't. Like, I'm a huge Nintendo fanboy. I literally was playing Mario Kart 8 all day yesterday instead of getting very important work done. <laughs> because I just can't imagine, though, that they're going to spend. I have a feeling it's going to be like four, like eight minute little things. I can't imagine that they're going to be like. Do you mean like four games as in like four games, like new announcements or just four no, games? Just like in four general? total. I think it's going to be like Mario Odyssey. Maybe some more gameplay of like Pokemon Stars, the Rabbids game, and and like uh, Pikmin World, the other rumored game. I, I have a feeling it's going to be four, period. I don't think there's going to be any stuff about like uh, Zelda DLC. I literally think my theory is that it's going to be four games and they're well, spending about seven he, minutes. Here's what they said officially about it. So that what they said is that they're focusing on it's going to be Super Mario Odyssey and then 2017 releases. So if you take it from what they said, then we should see we should see. Um, Potentially, right? Splatoon 2, Arms, Pokken, um, mm -hmm. Fire Emblem Warriors, Xenoblade 2, if that still stays as 2017. But, you know, the, the developer, one of the developers of the game, the wife, she retweeted to watch the direct. And whenever she retweets to watch the direct, you know, Xenoblade's going to be there. So that's going to be there. Plus Mario, um, maybe the whole Rabbids game. Um, so I, I think there's going to be more than, I definitely think there's going to be more than four because of what they've said. But um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Keep in mind, they can hit a sizzle reel, and all of a sudden, there's ten games in front of you. You know, it can mm -hmm. it can happen rapidly, like they did with that uh, that event in January. Oh yeah, they went through a ton of games. Um, also, in the one of the directs that they had, uh, where uh, who was it? It was I think it was Koizumi. Koizumi uh, was talking about uh, in that direct, they rapid fired through so many different games. So I'm not sure if it's going to be the same thing, but I, I feel that we're going to get a good look. We're not a good look. I guess we're going to get a we're going to get a solid new trailers for pretty much everything coming out in 2017, and maybe a surprise or two here and there. You know, well, that, they don't have to. They don't have to spend a lot of time in the direct on any one game because they're going to seriously stream like 12 hours of Treehouse or something crazy. Yeah. So yeah. I would expect them to maybe do I see I'm thinking like seven or eight games is my thought process with two or three of them being brand new ones. Um, that probably includes the rabbits. So I would assume two of them are ones we have not heard of yet. People keep saying Pikmin, but I, I honestly think I think they're going to leave Pikmin out. I don't think Pikmin's coming to the switch yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm trying to think of what other game they would announce there. See, people keep saying Smash Bros. And they seem to be on a, a serious like initiative to get all the Wii U games that people have not played that are very good over to the Switch like now. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we, we see Pokken coming over, um, and that's to me, I see that, and I go, well, Smash makes a lot of sense. I wonder if that's something that they were like, let's just get this ported over. People are going to love it on the system. And then people are saying Animal Crossing, but I don't know why they would bring Animal Crossing over if they want to push their mobile game as well. Yeah, because they probably that's where they're going to make their money. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be a game where they're going to make a lot of money on that mobile Animal Crossing. I don't know why they would give you another option this year if they want you to play the mobile game. So I'm stuck with I, I don't know, because it's supposed to be all 2017 games, right? I'm trying to think other than Smash Bros. Xenoblade to go with like, well, yeah, but now we get this we get this article from Go Nintendo that says Xenoblade is being pushed to 2018. Which is exactly what I expected. Unfortunately, Xenoblade Chronicles is seriously one of my favorite games, but there I with how small of a teaser we got originally, I had no expectation that it would actually land. They said it'd be February, though. I mean, that's close enough to 2017. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it's it's still a rumor at this point, but yeah, yeah, oh, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it we'll see if it happens. But if it does get pushed, I mean, that would be technically, I guess, a two month delay. I, yeah. yeah, but I, I don't even I don't even think they need Xenoblade for the holiday season. Like, I think no. they'd be better off to start the year strong with Xenoblade. You know, mm. 
Yeah, they, they um, definitely they definitely don't need to play for the whole. They have enough, season. you know. Yeah, they, have they have enough. Have they have. I mean, you have Fire Fire Emblem Warriors, Mario Od- Mario Odyssey is going to be, I think, a lot bigger than people realize. Mm-hmm. That game is going to be obscenely uh, uh, sought after because the I, Switches, of course, will be sought after. I, I see it being some very similar to how Galaxy was. Remember when Galaxy came out in two thousand seven, and everyone was just oh, like, yeah. "I need this system. I need that game." You know, like there was people that just called it the Galaxy Machine for just, I just <laughs> play Mario Galaxy. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I remember just friends, like casual gamers, just not even knowing really about Nintendo, but they had Galaxy. Like Dude, were, back in the day when the 64 yeah. came out, I remember my friends would ask me if they needed to buy an N64 or if Mario 64 just came with a system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you guys so, think? Uh, do you guys think Skyrim's going to get any stage time? Be one of those games? Ah, uh, that's wow. tough. I don't think so. No way. I don't think it's a thesis stage. But that's maybe I think it could be in a teaser trailer. Yeah. Or like a sizzle reel. Maybe they show the game for the first time, or maybe they show some footage, maybe a little maybe bit. Maybe they show not the error. Bethesda's thing. I don't know. You think Bethesda's going to take any time to show off that, that, that game? I mean, we've only talked about how many Bethesda games have we even said that they're going to show? Like, I mean, we've talked about like four games that they're going to show in what we assume to be an hour-long show. That would be really nice if it does that. If they did that, though, that'd be cool, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. We gotta realize that Bethesda is gonna be spending a lot of time saying Skyrim in space, and then just standing there while everybody <laughs> throws money at their faces, yeah. and then they swim out of the money ocean. Um, if if I can go for a second, I I think uh, one hope that I still have, and this is you know a far far in the hope territory, not necessarily that it's going to happen, just wishful thinking. But a lot of people seem to be disappointed from the Pokemon Direct that they had, where they announced uh, Silver and Gold coming to the eShop. They announced Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon for the 3DS and Pokemon Tournament for the Switch. And I see them as doing that because if, uh, like, I still, part of me wants to believe that a Switch version of Pokemon Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Moon could still come. And that the direct was just to let everybody know, like, hey, here's Pokemon Tournament Wii U game coming to the Switch, and here's the new 3DS Pokemon games. And they did that like a week ahead of time because they knew if they announced Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon for the Switch, no one's going to care about Pokemon Tournament. All of the headlines are going to be Pokemon whatever Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon stars on Switch no one's going to be writing headlines about Pokemon Tournament. So I think that may have been why they pushed it like a week ahead of E3. So it could still mm-hmm. get in the spotlight. And then whatever they announce at E3 will also be in the spotlight. And it won't overshadow something else. And uh, from Square, we also have uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. So I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. So. Well, I think the big reason they did that uh, direct was because they probably have no plans for any 3DS games to be at this direct. I think it's just going to be all Switch-focused and oriented. It better be. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I talk about that real quick as far as what yeah. Jesse said with that? Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to like Pokemon and when it comes to the Pokemon company, this could also, um, I said this on my own channel, but this could um, be the same scenario that happened. It looks like it, like uh, Pokemon uh, Black and White 2. Do you guys remember when Pokemon Black and White 2 came out? Mm-hmm. And they're, everyone, every single article was, why isn't there Pokemon Black and White 2 <laughs> for the 3DS? And then Pokemon Company was like, eh, well, look, we're just making this game here. Relax, calm down. You know, like, and everyone just said, oh, that's so stupid. And then the next year, or I think it was the next year and a half, whatever the case is, we got Pokemon X and Y. They had a direct, and it was Pokemon X and Y. And everyone completely forgot about Black and White, too, at that point, as soon as they showed off that new Pokemon. So that could be the case. Um, we're going from 3DS here to Nintendo Switch. That is a huge jump. So maybe they're creating a whole brand new game as far as a Pokemon title for the Nintendo Switch, and that's going to take 
it's going to take a little bit more time than um, than just having a, a 3DS port on there. Um, as someone who played Pokemon competitively, I was one of the top Blue Cario rank players before I said skip the online because the online ranking is dumb. Um, <laughs> that game needed needs a lot of work. Like the, the local multiplayer is busted. It's just there's no other way to say it's busted. You have to use the gamepad in local multiplayer. You know what I'm saying? It halves the frame rate. The resolution is even lower than it is. That game is Jesus. the local multi. Yeah, unless if you want to get the real experience, you got to have two Wii U's. You got to play LAN. That's how you. That's how you get the real experience of Pokemon Tournament. Um, the resolution is. I think it's sub 720p even in single player. So like that game, there's a lot of issues with that game as far as playing it and everything like that. So I'm glad personally, me as a competitive Pokemon player, I'm glad that they're they're bringing that to the Switch because it seems like they fixed pretty much all of that. Yeah, I mean the switch is the switch is going to be able to do way better with, with Pokemon, uh, Pokemon with that whole uh, 720p fiasco going on over there. Yeah, um, um, the, the last thing that I, I want to mention is: Do you guys think there's going to be any chance of eShop titles or virtual console announcement? I, I think virtual console, I, I feel like, is going to get its own direct. Yeah, same. Yeah. And I, I think we're not going to see that until like October. I have a feeling it's going to be within six months of them actually releasing the online component, I think they're going to be like, okay, as this is being unwrapped, also this. Mm. Yeah. Someone in the comments said ToeJam and Earl. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah that game is coming to the Switch, though, isn't it? Yeah, I thought so, yeah. Yeah, that game's coming to the Switch. So. Yeah. so, okay, so here's the big question. This is the one that everyone's going to ask and wants to know. Are we going to get a teaser for Metroid Prime or Metroid? <laughs> I don't see it, but that's just me. I don't. I don't see it. But here's how they do. I would it. love to be wrong. <laughs> they, they close out E3 with a 30 second still or trailer, a teaser of just Samus, and then it closes out, and they don't even give us a title. They just show us that. I, I would say no, but I would love to be wrong. Please, yeah. I'll be wrong. Please make me be wrong. My big tease is have a 30 second trailer of Samus, and then have it end with and Smash Brothers. Oh, oh my god. She's oh, already in Smash Brothers. Well, They've got two versions of Samus. <laughs> Do you remember the, like the 10 seconds that everybody was freaking out when they were like, we have one more special Nintendo announcement, and it was Cloud Strife walking on stage, and it was like, the Final Fantasy remake is gonna come to the Wii U and Switch, and they're like in Smash Brothers, and it was like <laughs> burned on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other all right. So the rumors that have gone around with the Switch are obscene because it's so easy to do them, I guess. Um Final Fantasy VII Remake was a rumored game. I I, I don't think that's going to be at the Nintendo. I, I mean, I don't mind being wrong, but I, I don't think that's going to be there, right? I mean, that's... Is that, is that game even real? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, that, we assume we're going to see it. We're, we assume we're going to see that in Kingdom Hearts 3, maybe at Sony's um, conference. But, I mean, at this point, who knows? I mean, we, we there's so many problems internally that we keep hearing about. I would be shocked if they had time or leadership to develop a, a Switch version at this point with all of the behind-the-scenes stuff coming out. And it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of a shame. Um, it, it's weird how mismanaged so many of these companies sound right now. Mm-hmm. That, um, the, the problem that I don't like about this whole Square Enix with Final Fantasy VII Remake is that they didn't want to let us know that, oh, we weren't even inter- internally developing it at that point. To yeah. all, they just switched over to having it. Okay, now we're developing it. That's to me. That's like shady uh, in your playing. Uh, you're, you're, you're killing uh, Dreamcast guy right now. You're killing Max right now, man. I'm just saying you're playing to the crowd when you do stuff like that, right? It, it, it was it was being externally developed, and then all of a sudden they say, okay, well now we're developing it. Yeah, Dude, they announced <laughs> the game two years ago. Yeah, like, Max. Was, uh, <laughs> he was talking. We were uh, on Spawncast, and he was talking about how who was developing it again. Max. Connect, it was people for Cyber right? Cyber Connect Two. 
And then like the next day they came out and cut them yeah. off. <laughs> and of course you had to tweet me as soon as like, cause we were just like, this, this is such an interesting development cycle. And then I wake up and it's you tweeting me being like, oh, your dreams are dead. Santa's not real. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was putting the Spawncast short together and the news came out. So I had to put like, I had to put like a disclaimer across your face while you're talking about it. About how <laughs> I just put no, no, this is real blinking lights. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, it's bad. I, I, now they're internal, which, I guess will make things easier. They don't have to send emails and memos outside the company now, mm-hmm. so it, it'll be faster. But I mean, if man, if that if they're just now doing that, when is the, is this game coming out? I don't know. It's definitely not going to be. It's not going to be on the Switch if they can't even get it out on the PS4 anytime soon. Yeah, it, um, if it jumps, if a lot of people are saying this may land on PS5, and I hate to even have those words come out of my mouth, but it is, it is a possibility. I I hope. My hope is still that it's far, far enough along that we get episode one Midgar on in 2018 at least. I would hate if we had to wait until 2020 for any of it. What are the odds that uh, the episodes uh, span two consoles? Like we get the first episode on PS4 and then all of a sudden the, the second or third one show up on PS5. I refuse to even acknowledge such a thought. That would be so... <laughs> I mean, literally, if they did a Kingdom Hearts style where it's like, here's Kingdom Hearts 1, and then Kingdom Hearts 2 is going to land 15 years later. You know, you know I, I would hate that. I would, yeah. uh, it's, a po- I, it's a possibility, though. Who knows? I mean, the thought is that backwards compatibility now that they're using x86 is pretty much like a no-brainer now, so you could technically play it on the PS5. But, um, yeah, so Nintendo is going to have a shorter conference, but... We do think they'll probably announce a few games that we don't know about. Uh, let's go down the list. Do we think Pikmin's going to be there? Yes. Okay. I do. Yeah, I think Pikmin's yeah. going to be there. Okay. So we're going with Pikmin. Um, and uh, do you guys think it's going to be called Pikmin World or Worlds? Uh, somebody said that it can't be because there's already apparently a bunch of soundtracks the, in Japan. It's the soundtrack for the. I was hoping someone would say, well, it's the soundtrack for the first Pikmin. It's called Pikmin World. So Pikmin Worlds. It's called Pikmin Four, but mm-hmm. yeah. well, I think it's gonna have some extra name. I think it's gonna be Pikmin yeah. Touch or Pikmin. It's gonna have some extra Pikmin Planet. I I have a feeling. Hey, Pikmin HD. <laughs> yeah, and that that's well, a yeah actually yeah or, <laughs> or or Pikmin More. I I have a feeling it's gonna be something extra because I feel like a four next year name is is always a hard sell. Okay. Okay. So Pikmin. Uh, we don't Smash Brothers. Do you guys think Smash gets ported over? Yes, I definitely think Smash is getting ported over. Well, I mean, I like think, in Shonen. I'm sorry, in Shonen on I, Tuesday. I don't think it'll be shown. Yes, I'm just gonna say yes because the fan, the Smash Brothers fanboy <laughs> in me rages with yes because yes, I, I oh, would okay. want it to. I, I didn't ask you about that, man. Did that did that annoy you about those leaked images that were doctored? Yeah, it annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it I mean, annoyed you me. found out first, you found out who did it and everything, right? Yeah, and it annoyed okay. me that it was him. It, that really, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it was him, I was like, I knew, it. I knew it would be someone that lame that would <laughs> that would do something like that. It totally sounds like something uh, that he would do, you know? Like I, I, I saw it and I was like, oh man, OJ's gonna be real annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew they were fake. when I talked about, it, I was like, yeah, these are probably fake. But when I found out that it was him, I was like, that's totally something that he would do, you know? Like that's totally something that he would do. I knew it, but anyway, okay, I was so thinking about him, whatever. Smash Bros. Um, um, Jesse, what are your thoughts? Do you think yes or no? I, I think we're going to get it. I think it'll be very, very similar to what they did with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe where they added in battle mode. I think it'll be uh, like some new mode added in. 
Um, I th- honestly, I think fans would just take Smash Bros. at this point on the Switch. Everyone that's at the Nairo saga right now, because that's what's going on, like why all the, maybe a lot of the Smash Bros. players aren't going to be at E3, is because they're at the Nairo saga right now. Nairo is <laughs> one of the top players in the world. And um, they would they would, they would, will just take Smash Bros. Wii U. They don't even need the 3DS content. They'll just take that because they just don't want to have to use Wii U setups anymore and the gamepad and all that. So. Yeah. I think they'll probably just resell it and, and really focus on the online and play on the go, and, and it'd still sell. As a future announcement, sticking with Smash Brothers, a perfect way to get people to buy into their $20 a year price tag on their online uh, play, which is very cheap, is if they did uh, like a Melee port or whatever, but allowed oh. you added in the online support like they're doing to some of their other games. I think that would be like the number one thing they could do to get people to subscribe to play online. Well, to be, to be honest, like with that, I think that would be such a goodwill movement. Nintendo has shunned the Melee community. Yeah. They have, let's just be honest here. Yeah. Most companies would kill for the community that, that Melee has, you know, <laughs> but Nintendo decides to just say, oh, screw them, you know? So if Nintendo did that, that would be such a goodwill movement. I mean, you can play Melee online, right? You can already play it online. The, yeah. All the top players already do. But if they were to do that to where you can have it officially, so you can go to a tournament and you have Smash 4 and you have Melee on one setup, that would be, you know, it would be just like the the Wii days, how people had such simple setups, man. You just bring your Wii, you can play Melee, and you can play Smash Brothers Brawl, although a lot of people didn't play competitively Smash Brothers Brawl, but it would be so much better if they did that. Okay, let's, think, um, oh, go ahead, Jesse. Uh, I was going to say, do you think they'll, well, this is, Two things that kind of goes together is one, do you think they'll bring back the GameCube style controllers or release a Switch Pro controller in the style of a GameCube controller? So it's wireless and everything, but it looks almost identical to a GameCube controller with minor updates. And then uh, second, do you think there's any themed Switch of any kind announced, whether it's uh, an actual themed Switch, themed Joy-Cons, themed... Uh, actual Switch console, uh, Pro Controller, whatever, kind of like how they did with uh, Splatoon with the Pro Controller, mm-hmm. but with Mario Odyssey or something like that. Maybe red handles or red and green or whatever. I don't think that I don't think we'll see any of that at E3. I fully, fully believe that stuff already exists. Even if it's just in a lab, I guarantee you, someone in Japan right now is playing a prototype Super Mario Odyssey with a GameCube controller. I a trillion percent believe that exists. And will be sold. Very good. Very good. So let's let's well let's real quick go through some of these other games. Um, I was gonna kind of try to rapid fire see what we have and what we think will be there. Uh, Shimigami Tensei. Tensei, 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 <laughs> Tensei. I always say it wrong. Shimigami Tensei. Um do you guys think that one's going to be talked about there? Or do you think that's going to be pushed to 2018 and then maybe they follow it up with a direct down the road? Maybe. I, I don't know if I'm about serious to have an opinion. I do. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I think they're definitely going to wait on that one, Shimagama Tensei um, 5, on as far as that goes. They had a nice teaser for it. Um, you saw all of the familiar demon summons. So for people who don't know about the Shin Megami Tensei, classic turn-based RPG, it's the original um, Shin Megami Tensei game. People know about Persona. Persona is more popular, but that is a spin-off of the original Shin Megami Tensei. So Shin Megami Tensei is the original um, it's game. Super Nintendo. Yeah, Super Family yeah <laughs> exactly. And uh, so that's the original one. So I think they're going to wait a bit on that one because um, that is a 2018 game. But I'm really excited. But another thing to know, that game is also coming to the 3DS as well. Of course, they're going to be... 
they're, they're going to have the same story from what I understand, but um, obviously one is on Unreal Engine 4, and one of them is probably going to be on the same engine than whatever they ran the, the 3DS games at. But I do think that's going to be a 20, 2018 game. They're going to talk about it in the direct later down the line. And Atlas isn't, talk, Atlas isn't talking about it at all. They, they have their press release as far as games that they're bringing. Atlas didn't have that game on there, so that's why I don't think it's going to be there. So we, we're pretty sure we already know Mario Odyssey. I, I have a feeling how how much time you think that's going to take up. Do you guys think that's like like seriously like ten minutes of the whole thing? I, yeah, I think it's a yeah. solid half. If it was fifteen minutes, you would not see me like stunned. I'd be like, "Yeah, that's why we're here. This is it." <laughs> well, did you see the um? Did you see the E three stuff going up? And it has uh, a big, massive, massive thing for Mario Odyssey getting set up. Yeah, they have those pictures that were yep. posted online. Yep, Phil, you're gonna have a good time there. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think how a lot do of pictures you... and video, dude. Oh, I will. I will. How do you guys feel about like a Mario Maker or maybe even like a Donkey Kong Maker being announced? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I seen uh, some people were talking about that they wanted the next one. Obviously, everyone at first wanted Zelda Dungeon Maker or whatever. Yeah. But they could use the exact same setup and just do like a palette swap or change what the icons are and just easily put a Donkey Kong thing over it to make like a Donkey Kong country creator or whatever. Yeah, I think that's just one of those things that is just an inevitable thing that's going to happen eventually. It's just a matter of when. Um, because especially with Donkey Kong, like you guys remember those like barrels that shoot you around? Like, can you imagine yeah. all the crazy things people would make, you know, like yeah. crazy pachinko machine well, things? <laughs> well, and I feel like it sets itself up because Nintendo loves bundles. They are the bundle kings. So I feel like it seems very likely that we get either a Zelda maker, which is my dream come true, or a Donkey Kong maker on the Switch first. And then like a year later, they have like the maker bundle, which is Mario maker on the Switch and like Donkey Kong maker on the Switch. Man, Zelda, that's, Zelda maker, the logistics for that have to be massive. Yeah, and that's the problem. It's, I've heard people explain, people who have like deconstructed early Zelda games have explained how freaking impossible, because they're like, the thing that makes... Uh, the original, <laughs> the thing that makes Mario Maker work is that it's so simple and like mm. the algorithm can literally calculate if your level is beatable. So even if you can't beat it, it can still understand it. Whereas like there's too many variables for Zelda, but theoretically, maybe, you know, if it's real basic, not it would be really keys. cool. Yeah. So do we, do we guys, do you guys think we see a Monster Hunter announcement um, for being localized? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's going to come at E3. I don't, I don't know uh, if that's going to come at E3. It, but. If they do, it's going to be like a logo on a black screen. Did, did you see the new trademark that's out there right now for Monster Hunter? Monster Hunter World. Got, yeah, it got, it got uh, filed. People think that's the PS4 version, or it could be um, a rename for the Americanized Switch version. Or, um, it, it could be the say. Monster Hunter Online. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. they remix that, because that's a game that's already out, uh, MMO-style game, uh, Monster mm -hmm. Hunter. So maybe it's Monster Hunter Online with added bonuses and benefits and goodies which is that's built by that's a cry engine 3 game looks beautiful on the pc yeah um, oh yeah i would play it yeah I, I like i desperately want them to bring over something like a like a dragon uh quest 10 for example um we have uh jesse you said 11 is going to be there yeah, yeah. that's what you're saying that's what okay. i'm hoping for um, oh it's your okay i'm like oh man he's got inside but no um uh do we think that's getting localized do you think they're going to show up with a, an announcement that it's getting localized as well Dragon Quest is an insanely popular game, uh, mostly in Japan, but also I know a lot of people in real life and then YouTube friends and stuff that are really, really invested into the series. So I think it would make sense, especially does, does the Switch have any major RPG type games on it right now? Uh, yeah, I guess no. I am Setsuna is the biggest RPG. Yeah, the so only. I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's really something that's going to be missing, which 
there was rumors that the Mario Ubisoft game Rabbids, whatever, was supposed to be like an RPG style, like Mario and Luigi or Paper Mario. So, no, 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 it's definitely not a Mario Luigi or Paper Mario style game. What what that game is about? It's think of more of like um, Fire Emblem. It's like a strategy RPG. Strategy okay. RPG, yeah. I think more strategy RPG than Mario and it's it's basically like from what we've seen. And like I said, I, I talked about this game before. Um, it's going to be uh, you have your four characters, right? You have or five characters: Mario, Luigi, Luke, uh, Yoshi, and then you also have rabbits dressed up as them. And then you use like a, a separate device to control them to move power ups, upgrades on like a plane. So it's definitely more of a strategy RPG than Mario Luigi type of game okay. from from what from what I've seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounded like. It, but I've also heard that it's supposed to be very real time, which reminds me of uh, what is that game? Dragon Fin Super Transcendence. What's the name of the game that's made by uh, uh, Transmission? I'm trying to remember the people who made Bastion, their second game. Where I've heard that it's like units are moving around, but you like stop time and then you like calculate your moves. Transistor. So you can, like, Transistor. Transistor. Right? Yes. Transistor, From yeah. the way that I've heard it explained, it sounds just like Transistor to me. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and uh, Which yeah, is so game. that's right. People in the chat are yeah. saying all these games. Like, there's the there's the new uh, Travis Touchdown game. No more heroes. Yeah, yeah no more heroes. Well, um, we don't know if it's called going to be a no more heroes game. Yeah, Suda Fifty One's project that has it's going to have Travis Touchdown in it, in addition to another big um, indie star. They said that there's going to be another indie, like a, a, another indie character that's going to be in the game. So something has me thinking that it's going to be a mad world style of game to where you can pick, um, a certain like person, or maybe it's centered around Travis touchdown, and then you can pick different characters within a mad world style brawler or beat beat them up. You know, that's what make that's what okay. I think it might be. Okay. Um, and, uh, someone else asked in the chat, do you guys think that call of duty is making the jump to the switch as well? No, I I, I I personally do. Yes, I personally. Do. I, I think they wanted to. I I hundred percent think they wanted to. I don't think they've had time to build it. They had, um, I believe, the Vita had its own weird version of Call of Duty, and then when the yeah. Wii U came out, it even had Black Ops Two, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. So I think it's very possible. Like, yeah, the people that make Call of Duty make enough money that they could take that risk. Mm-hmm. Well, they've what, also been developing this one for three years now yeah um so I, I i also don't know what engine they they're running uh ww2 on i don't know if they've said anything about the engine or what they're using it's um a, it's the boots on the ground engine that's why they keep saying that keyword. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah because uh oj you, you you uh you personally think that call of duty is gonna make the jump to the switch yeah yeah the reason why is just because i've gotten a lot of um you know information beforehand you know i kind of talked to you guys the news kind of blew up that right that Beanox could be working on it Beanox is confirmed to be working on a call of duty franchise they've confirmed that officially they've confirmed yeah we're working on call of duty but it doesn't seem like they're working on call of duty for ps4 and xbox one it doesn't seem like they have anything to do with those versions of the game that seems like sledgehammer so i mean what else could they be doing Beanox is a, is a port studio um they they've ported over to many different um consoles so and that's owned by activision Binox is owned by activision so i don't see what else if they're working on call of duty they can't confirm you know like if they're working on ps4 xbox one it seems like sledgehammer is handling that something that just kind of tells me that they're probably going to have a port of call of duty for uh the nintendo switch and i've heard other people also say the same thing um as far as uh Binox working on call of duty so i think it, it could happen and the thing about Activision that they've always supported Call of Duty on Nintendo mm-hmm. systems at the launch, you know, the Wii had Call of Duty, 
um, excuse me, um, maybe it wasn't at, I don't think it was at launch, but um, the, uh, even like back, they even had like DS, DS had Call of Duty, 3DS, yeah. did it, but DS had a Call of Duty, um, Wii U had two Call of Duties, even though it sold <laughs> pretty bad both times, Wii U had, they, they put out Ghosts on there, even though the sales were already kind of tanking at that point, they still mm -hmm. put out Ghosts on there. Um, so they were probably one of the first third-party developers that learned that the Switch is going to be a thing. So maybe that's the reason why they stopped. Um, but they do have a dedicated Call of Duty team, you know, that that knows how to port the Nintendo system. So that, I will say, if if, uh, if Call of Duty is at that at Nintendo's conference, or they just announce it otherwise, that would be a big win, I think, for Nintendo and their Switch system. Then, yeah, yeah. holy hell, yeah. Because I feel like Nintendo is like the Switch is selling. Switch is selling like crazy right now. But I feel like what it takes to keep Steam is not just big, like cool Nintendo games. You have to also be like, hey, look, this is like a run of the mill hardcore game. If you want to like shoot Nazis, well, guess what? We have the Nazi shooter. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that 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 really is. That's a game that pretty much lives in college dorms, right? Call yeah. of Duty. So, and that that's honestly that that is a demographic you want to try to get with the Switch. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, because the Switch, I mean, they they show college kids using the Switch in their in their release trailer. So, yeah, I mean that makes sense. Um, and then a lot of people in the chat are also saying uh, Project Octopath Traveler. Um, yeah. But that's probably not till 2018. Um, we've already heard this, I believe, that it's not till next year. Um, so I, I don't think they would talk about that much since again, they have 30 minutes to talk about 2017 because people seem to forget Nintendo has many E3s throughout the year with their Nintendo directs. Mm -hmm. So as much as E3 is viewed by a lot of people as, as what you need to do, they can, they can do stuff here, but then they can also have a mini E3 in like beginning of December or something for mm -hmm. 2018. So I mean, how many people freaked out when that Pokemon Direct just got announced a full 24 hours before and then, like, almost 100,000 people watch it on their channel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think we could very easily also see E3 come and then two weeks later, another Nintendo Direct come. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I actually expect it for their online service because they have to explain yeah. this entire online service to us and before don't, don't we get Splatoon usually... 2. They usually have their press roundtable conference or something later on in the day after their E3 conference, and sometimes things get announced there. I think that was the the biggest thing that I remember getting announced at one after an E3 was it was the same day they had their Nintendo Direct, and then later on during their roundtable conference, they showed off the artwork, uh, the very first artwork for Skyward Sword. And this was like five, six seven years ago however long it was but i remembered uh they went the entire actual e3 conference without mentioning uh zelda wii or whatever it was codenamed at the time and then during that meeting they just like oh here's some artwork for the next zelda game which could have been one of their <laughs> biggest announcements easily so i remember i remember that Miyamoto drew like a sketch it was like this is it <laughs> <laughs> Everyone like at first we we didn't know we just heard about it like people were talking about hey Miyamoto drew a sketch of something and then people were like scrambling to where is a picture of that sketch like show a picture of that so I remember that definitely. Um, so okay, so we're pretty uh, we're pretty sure that Nintendo is going to be they're going to pack as much as they can in the thirty minutes, but we do think uh, there's not going to be like we saw that list that showed up. <laughs> it's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be a very concentrated amount, and then they'll kind of flesh it out. Like, they could really show us, like, a two-minute trailer in this presentation, this direct, and then spend three hours on it in the treehouse. So, mm -hmm. um, or an hour, you know. So what they really need to do is focus heavily on even a sizzle reel and then talk about the treehouse. But I hope they don't take up, 
like half the time with Odyssey. I want to see Odyssey, but that's what the Treehouse I think is for. Mm -hmm. I hope they do like five minutes of Odyssey and then they just move on to new games that are coming out and uh, really just build 2017. Because if they build that holiday season for 2017 and they end up in next year going to like Xenoblade 2's supposed release date with mm -hmm. like 13 million switches out there and they've already eclipsed the Wii U number, it's a pretty big deal. I do think that they're going to have more games than last year's E3, though. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that they're going to have more than last year. That's just my, my thought process. Good, so I'm, good. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm taking a, I'm taking a risk saying that, but I'm, yeah. I'm I don't know if they can. I don't think they could handle three completely different games. <laughs> so, uh, three? What the hell? That's one for each E of E3. I can't. Yeah. I remember last year's E3. It was just like, yeah, we're going to have ten minutes of Pokemon Sun and Moon, or wasn't it Sun and Moon last year that they showed off at E3? Yes. They yeah, they yeah, showed yeah, that. Yeah, they showed that. Ten, minutes, Zelda, yeah, ten, so. ten minutes of Sun and Moon, followed by eight hours of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, and it was the, the, I still remember that it was the weirdest, like, unveiling of Pokemon ever, where, like, two people walk out in, like, director's chairs and sit there politely and, like, I'm just going to play it on this 3DS and let you look over my shoulder. <laughs> it's like, is this what we're doing now? Is this? Okay. Let's see what's going <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had Pokemon. People are saying in the chat they had Pokemon Go as well. It looks like. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot is what we're trying to say. Yeah, now, we, this year, we didn't even touch on the handheld Nintendo or the mobile phone Nintendo games. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, they're what are they? They're having Animal Crossing and. Um, uh, there, there was the of, no, uh, Zelda Animal Crossing and someone something. Yeah, maybe it was Zelda. Zelda, I think. Oh, I think it's a little while away for Zelda. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure when they'll do that. <laughs> um, but, uh, so we, we got through all of the presentations. Uh, I wanted to talk about the EA play a little more just in the mess ups that they had. Cause I was sitting here watching it. I was streaming it. So I did stream it earlier. Um, pretty good crowd came out to watch it with me. And we all started realizing that there was a lot wrong with the live presentations. I talked about this beforehand. Uh, live presentations get away from, uh, uh, the presenters sometimes oh, yeah. things just go wrong all the time and that's one of the big reasons i think i like nintendo's direct idea but in the, in the same sense i kind of miss the old style where you know applause will break out if a new zelda game shows up or something um but we saw some ridiculous problems that the teleprompter just didn't seem to work half the time did you guys notice yeah. this yeah <laughs> i felt really bad for jesse um once i saw this happen i was like i i, I was on stream i was watching and i was like Man, that there's something wrong with the teleprompter because you could see it in his eyes where he was like, "What do I say? Like, what am well, I allowed to say?" <laughs> what was funny is that he reset his opening three times, and if you listen closely, he almost says, "I'm bombing" because he's like, as he's in the middle of bombing, he's like, "Hey guys, I'm a YouTuber." Yeah, well, yeah, I think they sent him out there, and they were like, "Read the teleprompter," and he's like, oh, "Okay, yeah. I'll do that." Well, and then and then the executive has to like swoop in and look pissed and be like, "Let's talk about my game." I'm like, okay, <laughs> yes, sir. Like, it was you, sir. man. I was I was I felt so bad for him. I was like, man, that stuff. Because in maybe in his normal setting where he's on YouTube or something, he can kind of yeah. say what he wants. But when you're representing a company like that and probably being paid the amount he's being paid, you have to be like super politically correct, which is probably something he wasn't used to. So he's like, I'm just not gonna say anything. <laughs> Crowds also screw with people like. I get a lot of views each day, but the couple, like the first time I ever actually did like a, like an event at a convention, standing up on a stage in front of just like 50 people, all of a sudden I'm like, 
I'm Dreamcat. <laughs> yeah, it's different when you yeah. have those people sitting in front of you in a chair rather than oh, thousands yeah. of views and you yeah. have 50 people in front of you. That's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. I, I've definitely frozen a couple times when I've had to, even yeah. though, I mean, I'm a communications like major. I'm a double major <laughs> and communication <laughs> is one of them. I've frozen a couple times when I had some high-level people around me in some of the other jobs that I've done. So it, it's tough. It's not easy always, you know. So it happens. But, um, it was bad. Then they have the, uh, the guys go up on stage and they, they – pretend like they don't know what they're doing with a high five and they completely botch that. And um, it just, it wasn't their best outing. I will say that <laughs> for, but that, that's what happens with live presentations. That's why, you know, Crobat exists because he makes those videos about that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, has a good I, I just, I just think was there. So yeah, did. She, see, you can tell the difference between um, the people she was with too, because she, was uh she's very good in front of a camera and you can tell the people she was next to um were not particularly used to being on camera because it was night and day between her performance and the people mm -hmm. she was with because <laughs> it was very clear that she knew she knew what she was doing right away so um she did a very good job though yeah oh yeah she did a very that's good what job. she gets paid to do i mean all the companies love her right <laughs> like every single major company will hire her multiple yeah. times a year to, to do these type of things so pretty sure she practices quite a bit but they also have the sexy commander lady there too that was good as well right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. i mean th those were some positives on there you know yeah, yeah that was um uh, see the thing i liked about it though was that they they really got into the the whole um the idea of star wars linking the two movies together in video game form is very very cool um we didn't touch on that but that it's going to link episode six and episode seven together and mm -hmm. that is really cool and i hope they do do a good job i i would still like hollywood to tackle that at some point but uh mm -hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see what they come up with Mm -hmm. um let's see yeah there yeah philip's right there is a uh, there's a good question from aquamaster in super chat uh a question for each of you guys what's the one game that you guys want to see from each company and i can go down the list of ea microsoft well we already saw ea uh, let's say microsoft bethesda ubisoft sony nintendo i can't think of one for all of them but just to throw out one i kind of want to see the most i i just really want to see the nitty-gritty details of god of war we've only seen that one like really clean gameplay teaser i kind of want to see someone walk out on a stage with a controller and mess up and take too much damage like i want to see how god of war actually works i want to see how i want to see how like half of a level plays mm -hmm. sure that makes a lot of sense yeah um Let's jump over to Jesse. What do you think? And you could pretty much name any one of them, um, anyone you want to see, whether it's already announced or just one that's not even announced yet. Like if there's something you really want to see that's not, uh, that we don't know about yet. Yeah, uh, I, I would really love to see more of uh, The Last of Us 2 from Sony's end or Tony's conference. <laughs> and uh, I was really excited to see uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like they're doing what, most people would want uh, with the story mode because they're not telling or retelling a story that's already been told in a movie or the animated series or whatever. They're telling something completely new. So I think that's really interesting because with that, you are playing to see what happens next. Whereas if it was just a retelling of any of the movies, it would just be like, okay, well, I'll do this. And then I, I know how it's going to end. But with this, it's like, you don't know what's around the next corner. So yeah, and then maybe they have a little bit more freedom than sticking to canon or whatever. Okay, very good. Um, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you, what about you, OJ? What do you think about this, man? Um, what was? Can you explain the question one more time? Oh, uh, any, um, any game you're most excited from any company? So that's already been confirmed. The com uh, or even not confirmed. 
don't mind either way. Just whatever whatever game sounds cool to you, even if it's not confirmed, uh, you might be there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, Fire Emblem Warriors is a game that I'm really, really excited for. It's just for Nintendo particularly. Um, but also, like, if we could get a Lost Odyssey 2, that would be – I think that would win the whole conference for me. <laughs> it would have pretty much I, – I, I'm not sure if I'd care what anybody else did at that point. So Lost Odyssey 2 would probably be my favorite. I don't think that's going to come, but if I could get that announcement, that'd be great. And I'm really looking forward to Fire Emblem Warriors and – because the screenshots came out. You guys saw the screenshots. They look gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It looks so, good. Yeah, it's a good-looking good so good. game. Yeah, yeah, it looks so great. It looks so much better than what Hyrule Warriors did when they first, uh, you know, revealed Hyrule Warriors. So looking forward to that. But Lost Odyssey 2 would probably be the game that I'd be super psyched if they ever did wanted to announce it. Very good. Very good. Um, let's go, Philip. What's uh, what's your game, man? Game of um, choice. You know, I want to try and do something a little different here. Um, I know that I've been saying Metroid a lot, and Metroid is definitely up there, but I think it would blow everyone out of the water if we saw Beyond Good and Evil come to the Switch, yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2 come to the Switch. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, you think Ubisoft's going to show that with, like, Vivendi standing off in the distance watching him? No. <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it would still be great to see that that one show. That hostile takeover so is still happening, by Dude, the way. Screw Vivendi, yeah. man. That, that's a Vivendi's a horrible company, by the it's, way. Dude, it's happening. It's, it's happening. It's Did like watching see? that, like, slow-growing weed in your yard. It's happening. Yeah. There was a messed up meme that had uh, like the leaked, like the best leaked screenshot of Assassin's Creed Origins, and had fake box art that said, "We're gonna hurry up and reboot this franchise that way Vivendi can drive it into the sunset." It's like, oh no! I I really do dislike Vivendi. <laughs> they almost destroyed Activision. <laughs> if any of you guys remember that, mm -hmm. oh yeah. Bobby Kotek and investors had to pretty much buy the company of their own money to yep. save Activision, even from what Activision is at right now. Think of what Vivendi was basically killing them. So, Jesus, I mean, I don't want to see what would happen to Ubisoft. I mean, look at where they're at right now, you know, so we'll see. Philip, I'm sorry. Everybody's going to say we're going to we're just going to hit you with Tony from now on, man. It's just a thing now, isn't it? I was <laughs> it's just over. It's over. People in the chat, man. They're not going to let it go. <laughs> I was just about to type in the Tony meme has or it's the Tony thing has become a meme, I guess. I'm like, going to like already. click over to Twitter and like hashtag Tony's going to be like trending. Yeah. Tony <laughs> press conference 2017. Yeah, the Tony conference. <laughs> um, uh, somebody ruined it in chat. Oh, well, I was going to say um, my uh, the game I would want to see just to, just to see at this point is if they brought back Spyro in like an HD collection. But somebody just ruined it in the chat anyway before I said it. Spyro, Spyro. the Dragon. Which they talked about. Yeah, uh, there's a rumor going around about that right now. Well, they've been talk they were talking about it again back in 2014. 2014 or 2013, they were talking about trying to make the team. So it could be one of those things that's just been on the table forever. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like just like, a, like how they're doing the crash. Um, trilogy uh -huh. thing they're doing now, just do that with Spyro is, is uh -huh. all I want. <laughs> yeah, just, just do that with Spyro, yeah. Yeah, just do it with Spyro, man. I'm, I'm, I'm already going to be buying Crash in what, like two weeks? So I would definitely look forward to Spyro like at the end of the year if that was the case. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Ratchet and Clank is $10 on the PS4 right now on, at GameStop, so just yeah. you know, talk about Spyro so, and stuff like that. So yeah, just want to let people know. <laughs> Pick it up, it's a great game. <laughs> it is. Ratchet and Clank is, that is a fun game. That is yeah. a good game. Um, uh, let's see. So yeah, that was... Um, that was, uh, I guess, that's our our podcast for E3. It ran a little longer than usual because usually we do two hours, but it's E3, so what can you do? Uh, but is there any uh, any questions that you guys saw in the chat that you felt compelled to bring up an answer? Uh, not really, but I did want to honor. I see a bunch of people yelling, "Golden Sun, bring back Golden Sun." Totally mm -hmm. agree with each and every one of you, man. Mm -hmm. 
the idea, even if it even if it was just something they used to show off the virtual console, I'd totally rebuy Golden Sun Game Boy Advance on the Switch in a heartbeat. Sure. Yeah, I'd like the Golden the Golden Sun would be great. I've already made like my my fans or YouTube or users, they they wanted to slap me from how many times I made videos about Golden Sun. Because <laughs> I'm getting repetitive, so Everyone knows that I want to see Golden Sun back. It makes a lot of sense on the Switch, though. Even if they, like you said, remastered, but even if they just brought a new one randomly and it showed up, that'd be really cool. I'd be all right with that. I'd love it. Uh, let's see. Is that... um? Oh, that was the other thing. Do we see Secret of Mana get a uh, localiz- localization announcement um, for the Switch at E3? don't think it would happen at E3. Maybe that's a Tokyo Game Show type of deal. Yeah, I mean, it's sold well, though. It did well. Yeah. Did it, it, it did it did okay it did good obviously I, I want the game you get I mean I'm a huge secret of mana is pretty much one of the games that made me love RPGs right like if you played that game back in the day it was the most innovative RPG but we never got we never got two over here yeah we never got that we never got that one um so if they were able to do that that would be great because it was the first one time that you can sit down and play an RPG with your buddy right there you usually they're single player experiences right that one yeah. You got two of the people over. Dude, that works out perfectly, though, with the, the Joy-Cons. It does. It's such a big, just hand a Joy-Con over. It's a simple game. You don't need a ton of buttons for it. You know, it's, you don't need to control the camera. You know, it's already set. You know, so I think that would be fantastic on the Switch if they were to bring it over. Let's, let's hope. Let's hope. There's a fan translation they can use. I mean, there's a fan. There's a great fan translation they can use. Oh yeah, so. no, I used to. I make. Uh, I make repro carts for people a while ago, and that was one of the things I would make. Is that one? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, no, that'd be cool if they did that. Uh, keep in mind, something like Disgaea Five sold better in the states than it did in Japan. So mm-hmm. I honestly think that wow. Secret of Mana Collection it sold a lot better actually here. Like I think it sold like something like 120,000 units here and like 20 something thousand units in Japan um, yeah. on opening day. So less than, less than 20. I think this guy has sold less than 20,000 yeah. in Japan. Yeah, so yeah. It, it much much more overseas than there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you bring Secret of Mana collection over here. I one we've never had Secret of Mana two like ever. So that's like new to us. And two, most of us who were young at that time are old enough now to where we will just drive over to GameStop or Walmart and go buy it like that now. Like I, I wouldn't be able to buy that game back in the day when I was little, but I can go buy it right now. So, um, I, it would sell better. It would, and honestly, oh, yeah. if if they, I didn't, I didn't look at it. I don't think it has online play at all. Right? It's no yeah. online co-op. It's just all sync. But that's fine though. If it's all couch co-op, I'm okay with that. Um, and I, the the box art alone, by the way, looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I think they had like a full. Am I think? Am I looking at this right? They had like a full like art book thing built into it too. Oh yeah. Art. There's yeah. there's some extra bonuses like uh, music players and stuff like that. Yes. Save states, yeah. So, yes, I would buy that like now. So I hope they do that. I hope they do that. Um, but that's that's it, it's 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 so easy, right, to manage this from like behind a webcam and on our chairs. But like, I wonder yeah, what yeah. it's like. I wonder, <laughs> I, wonder see, it's, see, <laughs> I wonder what it's like behind the scenes, man, to be doing this stuff because there's got to be some crazy licensing and contract signings and. All of this stuff. I don't know. It's it's crazy to think about all this stuff. Um, to to kind of yeah. look behind the curtain and see how all this com- goes down. Um, but like I would have been really interested to see the conversation between EA and Nintendo when they decided on FIFA. Um, I guess that's uh, I guess that's it. I guess we can go on the line. Um, OJ, where can they find you, man? Um, you can check me out. I'm right here on YouTube for the most part. Um, check me out there. Just Player Essence. You'll see my channel on there, uh, Naruto themed um, on there, so can't miss it. Um, I do a lot of videos that's just like uh, gaming news. Um, I do uh, live streams of various games, uh, new releases that come out and stuff like that. So pretty much just standard gaming channel. 
Um, and yeah, yeah, you can check me out there. Also on Twitter, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I, I'm very responsible on Twitter. So if you want to follow me on Twitter at Player Essence, uh, you can find me there as well. Yeah, you guys were tweeting about the uh, NBA Finals, so oh, yeah. <laughs> you and yeah, uh, we, Studio Q. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I'm a big Bulls fan, you know, so uh, you got, yeah, you got yeah. these youngins who, are, who don't even watch Jordan, you know, who never seen Jordan. <laughs> it's all of a sudden, oh, this is the greatest team ever, and I'm like, okay, hold on. I heard about Jordan. He was he was pretty good in Space Jam. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they old enough for that. Now you got guys that are 19 years old trying to talk about Kevin Durant better than Jordan. I'm like, okay. Uh, right now, so, <laughs> so so yeah, find me on find me on Twitter at players if you want to know gaming and also sports and stuff. But I mainly do gaming though. Very good, very good. Uh, Jesse, where can they find you, man? Yeah, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everything's just slash game over Jesse. It's uh, pretty common to find me. It's mostly Zelda related stuff, news, theories, discussions, stuff like that. And then lately, I've also been doing. A series called Gaming History, which is similar to uh, Yuri of Wind's Gaming Mysteries. He's actually been on a few of the episodes. We just cover canceled or unreleased games from the past and kind of give the history of them. And it's been pretty great. So if you are interested in anything like that, youtube.com slash Game Over Jesse. Very good. Very good. And uh, Philip, I know they all know you, but where can they find you? <laughs> yeah, uh, you guys can find me here on YouTube. Uh, if you just go ahead and search Philip, F-I-L-I-P, I'll come up. I do a bunch of Switch reviews and uh, gameplay videos, lots of fun stuff. And I'm also going to be doing, I'm going to be going to E3. So if you guys want to see some actual like on the floor coverage, hands-on gameplay footage, as much fun stuff as I can bring you guys, definitely check out my channel um, over the next week. So yeah. Very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see your E3 cover, see how that goes. Yeah, I'm excited to show it to you. It's going to be you have, great. You have all your vlogging equipment so you can kind of walk around with the camera. Oh yeah, I went out and I got um, a GoPro Karma grip, like a stabilizer oh, thing. So it's nice. gonna be really nice. nice. Yeah, good job, I mean, man. I went there ghetto with a with a, <laughs> a tripod, and it was three years in a row, man. Get out of the way. Was, Get out of the way. Let me yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I'm not going this year because I want to cover. I want to do a good job as far as covering the show, as far as Nintendo and everything from here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have the experience to go, man. I'm so happy for you, and you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, Thank you. There. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sacrificing the uh, the whole like on the spot coverage for like mm-hmm. more end of the day. Like here's a nice like ten minute long like vloggy fun video, but mm-hmm. with also like you know bite sized gameplay videos and stuff like that. But I'm also gonna be like live streaming from my phone on the show floor, so that's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that'll be cool. I'll be I'll be curious to see um, how it goes. People in the chat are asking. Yeah, I'll be there next year. Next year. <laughs> now I, now I found out we can get tickets pretty easily. So. Yeah. I'll be there next year. If you go there, spawn. I will go. I will one hundred percent go next year. If you go, yeah. I'm working on going. I'm going to go next year. Um, we should all get son, together. My son and... will be a little older, so I can go then. Um, I think Dave will be there too. Dave asked if I was going to go this year because he was going to meet up. But um, I'll go next year. Next year, I will make sure I'm there. I will find a hotel or I'll, I'll stay with somebody. Do you stay with uh, me? Okay. I'm not too far away. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Sleep it. Well, you said you said you're going to hotel anyway, right? Yeah. Exactly. There we'll you get go, two beds. Don't worry. We'll get, we'll get hotels. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get we'll get hotel rooms. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should we we'll, we'll do that. Um. So I, I know I'm going to too many games. Uh. In like two weeks. Are you still going there, Philip? Yes. Definitely still oh, working on it. So. Very good. So you're gonna go to E3, and then you're gonna go right to like too many games like a week later yeah i'm gonna try and, and do it so it's gonna be crazy but oh, i mean man. this is you're gonna have this so much life. work that's what i've always oh, no. wanted too many games is like all the way across the states from him so you're in, yeah. you're in san diego you're gonna fly all the way over here to pa 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I was so gonna spend I was gonna spend some time in New York anyway. Um, do like a month there or something like that. So sure. We'll see. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. If anybody's in the area, we will be at too many games. Um, I guess we're officially there with Screenwave, then, aren't we? Or I am. You're not yet. You're not soon. yet. Not Maybe. officially. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But uh. That that'll be good. And um. Oh. Oh. Max, where can they find you, man? Hi, well, I'm Dreamcast Guy, so if you just type in Dreamcast Guy to any search bar, it'll bring up my Twitter and my YouTube. Uh, I do a lot of different coverage. I review all the latest games, and I do Top 10s every single Thursday, my show Top 10 Thursdays. So you can check out those. I've done hundreds of them now. Um, and this week, I'm doing something special for each of the conferences. I'm watching them, and then I immediately make like a recap video. So if you want to see what those are going to be like, I just did one on EA's press conference, and it opens up with the most cringy slow-mo handshake that happens uh, during it, so it's great. Please check it out. <laughs> good, very good. Now that'll be that'll be cool. I'll check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's everything for Spawncast episode eleven. It was E three edition. Pretty good, about two and a half hours. Uh, mm -hmm. Talked about all the conferences, and overall, it's pretty fun. If you want to see the entire uncut video, it will be posted on our Patreon. Um, and uh, otherwise, though, it will also be posted up on SoundCloud if you just want to hear the audio version of the podcast. There is a quick super chat that popped up. Has anyone seen the NeoGAF Switch leak rumor of there being a Tokyo Mirage Session Switch, a Pilot Wings Wave Race game, and a new Sin and Punishment game? I have not seen any of that. Um, Sin and Punishment would be cool. Tokyo I, I Mirage would, Sessions. I, I would want to say real quick, I'm a big Tokyo Mirage Sessions fan. Um, I would want to say since my channel, another thing that I focus on, Japanese gaming, Nintendo, that's really what I focus on, RPGs. Um, the gamepad almost busts that game. Like you're going, you're constantly doing this in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. <laughs> you're yeah. constantly going like this and this and this and this and checking messages. So if they were to release support on that, I'd be totally 100% down with that because that, that the gamepad. And if you're using a pro controller, you have to switch back and forth. <laughs> oh, so wow. you have to use two controllers. When you use the pro controller, it doesn't put the text on the screen for you. You still have to use the gamepad. So yes, wow. I'd be totally down. Yeah, yeah, I know. Bad game yeah. design, guys. Um, I'd be totally down for Tokyo Mirage Wait, Sessions Port. So there's also Wave Race. I would play a lot of Wave Race if that made it over to the Switch. I would Pilot. love a Wave Race, yeah. See, I was never the biggest fan of Pilot Wings. I understand a lot of people are. I never really was, but Wave Race would be awesome. I would, and then Sin and Punishment. I mean, come on, you know, bring Sin and Punishment. I'm, I'm okay with Sin and Punishment. That'd be cool. Um, I guess that's uh, I guess that's everything. Yeah, cool. So episode 11 in the books. Thanks, guys, so much for watching. And we'll be uh, here again, same time, 9 o'clock uh, next week, actually. And we will be going all completely back over E3 since we'll know everything that happened. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Keep dreaming. See Bye. ya.